11 o'clock comics, episode 82. Oh, jeez, uh, that, that's not going to go I'm Fowler's well. back on, back on again this one. Yeah. Holy crap. <laughs> See, I caught it from Fowler's back. <laughs> one of you guys are going to have to yawn a couple times in the last hour. Yeah, there you go. Hey, Chris is here. Hey, hey, hey guys, is it all right if I uh, talk some shit about Paul? <laughs> <laughs> Very nice. He's in full force tonight. <laughs> Buddy Woo. Hi, guys. I'm ready to go. No, 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 that wasn't a sigh. I was, I was reaching down between my legs to adjust my... That's a... No, I needed like a shovel. It's so big. Patrick McRickles. I don't know who that is. Oh, yes, I do. Yes, I know. You, I, you caught me now. I don't look anything like <laughs> You don't look anything like Patrick Dempsey either. <laughs> you don't know that. I know that. Maybe with hair. Maybe with hair I do. My wife calls me Mc... What's his name? McDumpy? McDreamy. McDreamy. Okay. Yeah. Hey, look at this. We're back again. Hey, Le- talking comics. Talking comics. 11 o'clock. Comics is the word. And I am a very relieved Vince B. Really? What'd you do before that? Oh, uh, that's not nice. <laughs> I'm just no bathroom humor. There's no, that's well. There's normally there'd be somebody before me, but I'm David Price. Yep. Yes, and and as everybody knows, I am the one that Renee was talking about today. No, you're not. Yes, you are Mr. Tom Fowler. <laughs> yes. No, I'm actually Starro. The call me so mysterious. Starro. Yikes. You are n- are none of those people <laughs> and or entities. You are Jason Wood, yeah, and we are almost all together. Yeah, Chris is not here with us tonight. Unfortunately, he's taking care of some business, like he said last week, but we'll try and pick up the slack. We are down to three. Also, so then we'll probably be a little bit more positive this week. Oh, yeah, oh I'm positive we will be. Yes. See, we could talk all the Marvel we want. We won't have to hear it. The Warriors three. I don't want to be Volstagg. I was going to say you're uh, No, I'm no. Fandral. David's definitely Fandral. David is definitely Fandral. All right. I don't want to be <laughs> Volstag. Or no, I guess David's Hogan the Grim. Yeah. I'm hmm. the Grim. Nice. Okay. And, you know, because this episode of 11 O'Clock Comics is sponsored by DCBService.com. That's Discount Comic Book Service, where you can find spectacular, oh, jaw-dropping discounts on your favorite funny books, 35, 45, up to 75% off some of these things. And you can get anything in the previews that your little hearts desire shipped right to your door at the frequency you determine. They are amazing people. Good service, great communication, excellent shipping. What more do you want? You know, the only thing they don't send you in the box is boobies. That's it. Everything else is covered. Oh, no. Just order some tarot. That's right. Go to our forums because there's boobies there. Lots of boobies. But DCBService.com. Check them out. They're so good. Oh, but anyway. Yeah. And uh, speaking of the forum, don't forget about our 11 o'clockers. That's where you... 
the listener, that's who you are, get to vote on your favorite books for 2009. You can find our forum at forum.bullpenbulletinspodcast.com because that's what we were before. And Dave and I like to hang on to that thing, you know. Or right. 11oclockcomics.com. Click on the forum button at the top. takes you right to our little hideaway on the internets. Everybody's cool. Everybody loves each other, and you can have some fun. And you can make fun of Vince. We do that a lot, too. As does everybody else. That's cool. I can take it. I got really broad shoulders. Hairy, but broad. Yeah. You do. So, So here we are. Yeah. What are you drinking? Two fucking weeks it's been since I've had a drink. No, I'm just kidding. I've had a lot of drinks. Yeah, you're like, nah. (laughs) But, uh... You know what? You haven't... You you, you haven't been around, so why don't we go with you first, Wood? Well, I'm going to pull a you. I'm actually, uh... I I, I popped a cork this uh, this evening for our little show. Ooh! And, uh... Yep, yep, I'm drinking a little um little Kendall Jackson Chardonnay. Wow. Okay. Yep, little uh it's you know it's a very uh, standard bottle, but we have a bunch of we've like we have quite a few bottles of it and uh I'm a little wine mode for my little jaunt down to Florida to see the in laws because they're big wine drinkers. So uh figured I'd keep the train rolling for another day, you know what I'm saying? Beautiful. We we know. Eh. <laughs> I am uh drinking the usual. Pepper Mac. Woot. Give me a woot. There we woot. go. Woot. Yeah, nothing in uh, it. Right from the can and the can. Straight up, I love the can. The can, the aluminum. Yeah, I let the can. I let the dog <laughs> lick the rim of the can too. <laughs> the bigger, Ooh, the better. You get that extra flavor. All right. <laughs> uh, I am uh, sipping on some Nyquil. No, I have actually that is right next to me. That's for after. I have. Uh, I made a hot toddy with. Uh, oh, nice. I, yeah, yeah. I, I brewed up some, uh, boiled some water, green tea, a <laughs> little bit of honey, and uh, the Jim Beam uh, Red Stag. And it's oh, going down sad. nice and smooth. So <laughs> I might be in and out during this episode. Say Therefore, it again. keeping the positivity going. Say it again. Excellent. Say what again? Hot toddy? <laughs> Vince is cracking up over there. You have my hot toddy, Vince. Oh, oh boy, yeah. Wednesday. What a day. Did you guys have a lot of books today? I know I kind of had a lot more. All the time. You know what I it's came every week. week. At the end of the month when my, when my shipment finally comes, you know what big book came out today that I... I I mean, I know Amazing came out, but you know what I'm really looking forward to? That came wait, out today. Wait, wait. Don't tell me. Big book as in popular or big as in dimension-wise? Uh, well, sort of popular, I would think, based on sales numbers. But dimensions, yeah, there's going to be more than uh, more than 100 pages in this. Wow. Jeez, oh. I'm stumped now. But you oh. ordered it too. Oh, the uh, – the oh, I know it can't be that. You said over 100 pages. I was going to say the 80-page giant. Uh, I don't know. What did I order? A trade of some kind? X-Men Avengers Utopia hardcover. Oh, yes. I ordered that, too. Oh, yeah. Truth. That's got I a lot of good that. stuff in it, too. Yes, I mean, it's it just, it's not just the Dark Avengers, um, what was it, Uncanny? Uncanny X-Men. And right. Dark yeah. It, it has the, the list in it, and it has the, uh, uh the confession, the, right. the, the Exodus, and, uh, yeah. Oh, nice. That's Yeah, I'm really David looking for in there. Nice. Yeah. Oh. See, I double dipped on that one. I didn't, and I feel like I should have. Yeah, hmm. I didn't buy the confession, but I did double dip on the Alan Davis one because it is Alan Davis, and I wanted to read Alan it. Davis. Yeah, I can see. That's the thing. That's what's cool. Pat Loika does this all the time. He buys the singles, but then buys the collected editions, and then after he gets it, he gets rid of the singles. That's a yeah. good thing to do. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it is. It's karma, baby. That's right. You I didn't say it. I was going to give him away though. Yeah. <laughs> oh, show. <laughs> Hey, 11 o'clock, this is Garrick, a.k.a. G-Dog, from Grand Rapids, Michigan. With you guys all talking about digital comics, I just wanted to chime in with some information. 
Uh, your listeners and all you guys should Google the following Bridgestone ebook reader. Yes, that's right. Bridgestone, the company that makes tires, is getting into the ebook reader game. In Japan, pretty soon they're going to be releasing a 10.7 inch color ebook reader that is partially flexible, so you can put it in like a laptop bag man purse so it won't get broken when you're carrying it around. And this is going to be awesome because that is the perfect format for full-color, full-size comic books to be read digitally. Now, I, I know what a lot of people always say is, oh, I don't want to read my comics on an LCD screen. Oh, it's terrible. I strain. Well, what those people don't understand is that ebook readers like the Kindle and the Barnes & Noble Nook, so on and so forth, they don't use liquid crystal displays. They use what's known as e-ink. And e-ink is essentially... Tiny, 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 tiny little pen, pinhead-sized dots that rotate from gray to black. And so you get, I think it's roughly like 300 dots per square inch, which is the same as a printed piece of paper on your home printer. And when you're actually looking at a real ebook, not a computer laptop screen or an iPhone, an ebook looks like a printed piece of paper. So... I'm telling you, things like this, this Bridgestone uh, ebook reader, when it comes out in the future, this is where comic books have got to go because that thing is going to be awesome. I cannot think of an amount of money I won't pay to import this sucker when it comes out because that's going to be awesome. And one more thing to all you people that are like, oh, I don't like digital comics. I need my paper. Boogity, 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 boo. Well, I want all of you guys right now who believe in that argument to boycott the Internet because the Internet is the reason that newspapers and magazines are dying. And if paper was that important to you, and you've got to have your paper, paper or bust, you wouldn't be getting your news and information from the World Wide Web, which last time I checked is also digital. So in closing, check out the color ebook reader from Bridgestone. That's right, the tire company, Bridgestone ebook reader. And uh, look to the bright future of comics without trees. But I do say that all the time. Boy, did I bring home a lot of books. But you know why? Because I get everything that isn't the big two from DCBS, and I've been buying more Marvel than ever. I didn't. don't think you guys oh, yeah. noticed that, right? <laughs> no, I haven't so, noticed that. <laughs> pretty subtle. You should talk about it more. It's hard to know. <laughs> so I'm picking up more and more Marvel every week at the local shop. I knew you were, you were, you finally, I think you've gone as far over to the Marvel side as is possible though, when I saw your tweet, or maybe your post in the forum, one of the other mentioned that you actually looked through and purchased Marvel Apes. I knew then that Vince is fully back on the bullpen bullets tip. Right, but it's not, it wasn't completely Marvel Apes. It was Marvel Zombies meets Marvel Apes. That's the only reason why I bought it. If it it was, yeah, if it was straight up Marvel Apes. I appreciate that. Zombies or Apes, come on. (laughs) Go with the zombies. Yeah. But it actually, in uh, not to defend it, it doesn't need me to defend it, but it's actually no. a pretty cool issue. Well, that's cool. I haven't I, read it. I'm just giving you some shit because it's just like, obviously, uh, you know, if you're willing to go down that rabbit hole, then you yeah. pretty much, you're, you're, you're up to Biden buying 80 of the 100 books that Marvel puts right. out. I'll tell you what, uh, <laughs> the local shop has, I think, the complete run of Marvel Apes in the 25 cent boxes. Even at that price, I won't buy them. So, really? Yeah. Well, I, I have week, most of them, too. This week. No. Oh, do you? You yeah. do? I haven't read them yet, but I have them yet. Uh, hmm. Was it a slow week that week that you just... They were, no. Um, when the uh, when the shipment came, when um, 
what I got my books from Brooklyn. I think uh, uh, what, the um, it's uh, the, the shop where my aunt goes. It's, it, there's rocket ships. She sometimes goes. She goes to a few different places because she also goes looking for uh, for basketball cards. And uh, sometimes when they throw things at her, freebies and whatnot, she uh, she stuffs them in the bag. So I end up getting quite a few things that I never expected. So yeah, now, I do. Now you mentioned your aunt a lot. Let's break this down because I don't think it's fair. I think it's fair to say not many of us have um, that are our age have aunts or uncles that are uh, voracious comic readers. So what's the story <laughs> there? Your aunt's well, comic? She, she's, she's, uh, oh, she's into art. She's, um, she knows what I like. This all started many, many years ago. Her, um, in her, uh, her first law firm where she, she, she and her partner that owned the firm, uh, his mother, would go to flea markets religiously, like, like, like Vince, like every week. And, uh, and she would show up at the office on, on Monday with shopping bags and, and the paper shopping bags full of comics, of 80s comics, of, of even older than that. I mean, like Judo Master and World's Finest for a Buck and Superman Family, Batman Family, Old Avengers, just a whole bunch of crazy stuff. Oh, nice. And that's where a lot of my collection came from because whenever I would, go down to Brooklyn or my aunt would come up from Brooklyn or, or family gatherings and she'd have like all whole mess of comics and, and she, you know, and so, I mean, we're talking about going back from the early eighties. So it's something that really has, has never died down. So when uh year or so, when, uh, when Renee and I are in some trouble and, and, you know, she still wants me to get my comic book fixed. So she was, you know, it's because of her, I have a complete run of, of, of Spidey brand new day up to now and, and, and a nice. bunch of other things. So, you know, so she's, she's come through for that. And, um, and oh, so, yeah, so they, yeah. Oh yeah. Yes, uh, a good woman. Yeah. Oh, she is. And, uh, so, and so there are things where, you know, and, and she'll go into a shop and sometimes the, the guys at the comic shop, they know based on what I email her, what I'm interested in. So they're like, okay, well, if he likes this, then, then he might like this. And, and I mean, they don't have a lot of the stuff like they do carry the boom. But they might not have some of the smaller run image titles, say. Uh-huh. So sometimes she might have to check another shop or two. But you know, I mean, it's. But it's, she it's does that for you. Her. She does, man. Oh damn! I know. She must feel bad Auntie. for you because you're like, oh, what's, what's you her know, name? Auntie up Badass. Head. <laughs> it's, I'm my my father's first son, so there was no, you know, and, and she doesn't have any kids. So after oh. me, it was my brother. So it's it's you know it's just there's 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 a connection there. So it's it, you what know. is it about? That's awesome. You know, because I told the story before on the on the bullpen bulletins. My uncle got me hooked on the comic book crack. Yeah, fantastic four. Yep. Yeah. So what is oh, it with aunts and because, uncles? Well, I was just going to say that um, I I didn't get into comics through my uncle, but my my uh, my dad's oldest brother, my uncle Norm, who's passed away. But uh, but when I was when I was younger and, and really getting into comics, he uh, he knew nothing about comics. But I guess like David's aunt didn't have any kids, and I was the oldest uh, of the of the I guess uh, nephews and nieces and stuff. And um, he uh, he worked in Philly, and so he would uh, I guess his route that he would walk to his office, he would pass by Fat Jack's Comic Crypt, which I don't even know oh, if that's yeah. around anymore. But you remember that was a big comic yeah. store in Philly for a long time. I, I mean, it may still be there. I don't know if it is. And uh, and he would go in and uh, and just buy me mountains of of Marvel comics, just random comics and you know and some and then i'd like i'd see him over a holiday or whatever he just give me a huge box full of comics and it was oh, that's awesome. awesome yeah i mean a lot of the times it was dupes or stuff i'd already had but it was still just so cool to get like you know you know how you're a little it's like freaking free comics and, and a lot of times it would be stuff i hadn't gotten or non-marvel stuff and it was awesome so yeah mad props to the uh, aunts and the uncles that's cool see you that have is. to and I, I really don't like this this phrase but paying it forward to the little people out there is what's gonna make the comic book industry endure 
Yeah. You yeah. See, it just re- refreshes the, the reader base to a certain extent. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, you know, a lot of it is the power of the characters. But you, sometimes kids need a little shove in the right direction. Yeah. That's what I'm, I'm trying to do that with my kids. Yeah, me too. Uh, I got, any opportunity I, got, uh, I can. Yeah, I've got my cousin, uh, one of my cousins, Mitchell. He's uh, he's 13, and the last two years or so I've been giving him uh, trades like I've been buying him a lot of the um, a lot of the uh, the Marvel Adventures stuff, and uh, and and he just he loves the stuff. So I you know, I give him a couple every time I see him. And uh, his his dad, my uncle, took uh, him and his brother to the New York Comic Con this past year because of it, Sweet. and he got a bunch of signatures. So he's totally hooked on comics now. He uh, he subscribes to a couple now from uh, you know through Marvel directly. So it's pretty cool to to like you said. Be, be, Everyone these days, any 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 new fan is is a good, is meaningful for our yeah. hobby. So because you know, you just can't buy one title. You, you can't. Mm-hmm. It's, it's not possible. Speaking of titles, you've been away. What yes. have you read over that period? You must have devoured a lot of books, <sighs> dude. I, oh man, yeah, that is the. As I was saying, to you guys, I don't know if we were recording then. The, the vacation was more of a catch up with the in laws and just kind of relax vacation, which was cool because I just basically read a boatload of comics and trades. Um, let's see what do I want to do. I want to go the Marvel route, and do I want to yeah, go, go that route. That's a good route. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, okay. So, so uh, well, I'll talk about one of David's favorite uh, favorite authors, uh, writers, uh, Mr. Mark Miller. So I know David's Ooh. waiting with bated breath. Um, but no, <laughs> Michael I, Jackson I had, in the house. <laughs> uh, yeah. Johnny M on our forums had been selling some of his trades uh in our in our form thread, you know, the buy sell trade thread. Yeah. And he had a bunch of stuff for half off or whatever and I had uh, bought a couple things from him and one of the things that he sold me was the Marvel 1985 trade. Oh, nice. Yeah, now I had I guess I had, you know, seen this solicited and I had remembered vaguely because it was kind of infamous, as I recall originally. This is something Miller had been working on for a long time and supposedly it was supposed to be Fumetti, right? Originally it was supposed to be a originally, Fumetti. Yeah. Right. Yeah, and, and, and then that went by the wayside and I had remembered. Did you see of, those images? I have, yeah. Yeah, I'm and, so glad uh, they, they changed their, their yes. mind. Totally, totally. Um, so this trade, um, the this, this series came out and I didn't really give it much attention one way or the other. Um, I don't know why I didn't buy it but probably frankly because it was miller and he's kind of hit or miss me so i was waiting to see what the reception was but um you know the book was really well received and uh and of course through no small part because it was uh beautifully magically illustrated by tommy lee edwards oh yeah uh, who's just a, a bastard and he's so talented um so yeah so i, I got this trade and uh i figured you couldn't go wrong 50 percent off or whatever it was but i'll tell you what uh, after reading it i i would have gladly paid full cover price for this for this trade nice um, First of all, uh, for those who aren't familiar with the story, um, I don't want to be spoilery for this one because I think this is one of those books where you don't, you know, the, the plot is really, I mean, it's a, it's a limited series, so if you gotta, I don't want to give away the hook, but, but the premise is pretty simple, which is that uh, a young boy realizes he's, you know, it's the real Earth, it's the non-superhero Earth, our Earth, if you will, and through, um, something shortly after Secret Wars ends, uh, he realizes that, uh, a good chunk of the Marvel Universe villains have taken up residence in a, uh, old retirement home, uh, not too far from his house. Uh, and it's sort of like a what if, uh, the Marvel villains invaded the real Earth. And, uh, and, and it's, it's just, it was a terrific, terrific read. It's, it's a little funny because one of the main protagonists is, uh, is Tommy Lee Edwards. 
Um, mm-hmm. I mean, he basically drew himself as, as one of the protagonists, uh, the boy's uncle. Uh, or maybe it's his dad. Yes, yeah, his dad. So I guess if you know what Tommy Lee Edwards looks like, it's a little, it took me a little bit out of the story from time to time. Uh, you know, but, but I guess, you know, hey, it's, it's his right to, to draw himself in there if he wants to. Um, but, but it was just a great story. And, and I would say that if you're of our age, I mean, for me, you know, 1985, um, I mean, that was kind of the, the zenith of my becoming a full-fledged Marvel zombie. I mean, that was, you know, I, that was when every comic on the shelves was something I had to have. I was reading, you know, the, 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 the hot moves, memorizing every, you know, piece of Marvel history I could, uh, scouring the back issues. So this is like, the, the kid in this book was me at that same exact age. So it's wow. very, very nostalgic for me. It's like um, 15 and, years too late for me. <laughs> yeah, well, well, no, nah, well, 85, I mean, the kid in the book is like 11 or 12. Yeah. I was born in 74. So you're, you're, what, like eight years older than me or so, right? Right. Um, yeah. Um, but no, so, so for that reason, I mean, it was, it was just really nostalgic. I mean, I felt like I was that kid. And then, uh, and then, you know, quickly over the, over the course of the story, it, it turns into quite a, um, a harrowing adventure. And, uh, and I will say this, I mean, this is a book where Tommy Lee Edwards, you know, his, his style just, I think, makes the book. Because if this was just drawn in sort of a conventional way, I don't think it would have had the humanity that the book needed to make the story something different than just, a what if or an elsewhere's tale might have been. But the trade is great too, because not only it's a soft cover trade, it's, uh, collects all six issues, but for those guys that are process junkies, um, in the back of the book is uh, a pretty cool look at, um, the process, uh, both in terms of, you know, Miller deciding to write it and what he was going for, but then, um, a lot of it is Tommy Lee Edwards' artistic process, and he takes you through, um, the, the digital thumbnails that he does, and, 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 uh, how he does all that process. He, he even tells you the software he uses, and shows you his tablet, and, and, uh, uh, and his Cintiq and all that stuff, and he shows you, you know, kind of step by step how he goes from the really rough outs on on the Cintiq till he prints the stuff, and then he does the inks and the uh, and the painting, and he shows you where he painted and where he inked, and it's fascinating look at uh, all the. It, it's amazing to think how many different artistic processes Edwards is a master of, and it got me thinking, you know, because I'm not an art artist. Uh, I'm not an artist, um, and so, you know, this stuff is definitely not in my wheelhouse as much as it is, say, for, for you, Vince, or probably you, David. It was really illuminating to see just how many different components of, uh, of, of, of creating a comic book that Edwards and I presume many other artists are really great at. You know, it's not just one thing. It's not just a pencil or an ink or sometimes, you know, this guy's a painter. I mean, Edwards uses just about every type of of tool at his disposal to make this book um and reading that i think really enriched you know the uh the appreciation i had for what he pulled off it's it clearly was a labor of love for him and uh jack of all trades but a master of pretty much all of them yeah so, yeah. yeah so i have you, have you guys read it i mean i know all i have i have all six middle. issues sitting right here and and i i read the first i think two i was waiting for it to finish before i i got back to it and and i, I still have him but Mm-hmm. Now that I have all six dug out, I will. You know, the villains are in a in our Earth, so it's sort of like there's a lot of death, a lot of you know. It's very it's a very realistic book, if you will. I mean, as much as superheroes can be realistic, I mean, you know, there's whereas you know, Electro in a Spider-Man comic, you know, will try and rob a bank and Spidey will beat him up and it'll be over. I mean, in this, you know, Electro's if he uses his power, he's electrocuting people to death, you know, all across the town. Yeah. So it's 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 a it's grim and gritty. It's neat. It's definitely not a book I would I would give to the kids to read, despite the fact yeah. that a kid is the star of it. But I'm sorry, Vince, I cut you off. Well, that's all right. No, I plan on picking it up solely on the strengths of the artist because that man, mm-hmm. Tommy Lee Edwards, can do no wrong. But I heard a couple things about this 
the book is metatextual, yes? Absolutely, yeah. Okay. And I also heard that there are ties to Old Man Logan. Is this true? And Fantastic Four. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Really? Yeah, I mean, Very I was going for some sort of uh, trilogy with the, bird, yeah. with the three words. Oh, so it, it's, not, it, it's not explicit. It's, it's kind of subtle? Very subtle. All right. Yeah. And uh, like, like we said, thank God they changed the visuals from... I saw one image of the Hulk just, just screaming. It looked like Crazy Uncle Phil, like in the backyard, and somebody was shining a flashlight on him. It was horrible. <laughs> like the, it looked like some drunk fat man. Just, <laughs> uh, you Too know? bad Tor is dead. Uh, yeah, and I, well, <laughs> Tor loved Betty. <laughs> I, I, I thought, oh dear God, this is going to be such a lead balloon. But then when Tommy Lee Edwards came on, I was all the way. Yes. But I, I mean, I will buy it. It does. John Workman do the lettering too. He does indeed. Oh, sweet. Maybe I'll be able to find those issues this weekend at, uh, well, what's the name of that place we're going to? Wild pig, squeal like a pig. <laughs> oh, jeez. You sure got a pretty mouth there, Wood. Uh-huh. Uh, yes, we will be at Wild Pig this Saturday. A lot, a lot of peeps. Dude, we um, got peeps coming from all over the place. I know. Yeah, so this weekend, uh, you're right, Wild Pig, Kenilworth, New Jersey, 50% off everything in this style. It's legit. Oh. If you want yeah. comics, you got to hours? Yeah. 10 to 5, 10 to 6? Um, I think on Saturday it opens at noon. Okay. Noon till, I think, 10 o'clock. And then the next morning, I think it opens at 10. And it's open again till 10 o'clock, I think. But, nice. Uh, cool. Yeah, can't wait, man. It'd be great to see you. Good day. Yeah, there's that, too. <laughs> hey, 11 o'clock comics. This is Whitehead Customs on the forums. I know I hadn't been on there in a while. And I hadn't called in a while, so thought I'd call you guys. I uh, just wanted to let you know that uh, uh, David Price and I are now friends on Facebook, and uh, me and Chris Naisman are also friends on Facebook, but I can't seem to find Jason Wood or Vince B. And uh, I have Tom Caters, uh, did he know you, on Facebook, and he has yet to answer me, but I, I just wanted to let everybody know how friendly the comic community is. I mean, it, it's unbelievable to me that I have people like um, Katie Cook and uh, David Price, of course. I've talked to him briefly. It just blows my mind how how friendly everybody is. It's like one giant family. The iFanboy guys, uh, I've been talking to them, and uh, it was just really cool. Katie Cook the other day was looking for a crowd scene and asked, did anybody know a good crowd scene, and I suggested to, you know, contest of champions, and she was like, wow, that is a great crowd scene, and it, it just blows my mind that I'm able to do that, so uh, I know y'all probably think I'm a big geek for that, but I thought that was pretty, pretty freaking cool. Also, uh, I've really enjoyed the last few shows, they just seem to go by so fast, especially I like the 30-minute little interlude events goes off and starts talking about stuff that I normally can give two shits about, but he makes it sound so cool that I actually look the stuff up and try to buy copies of it on eBay. Um, I've been buying a ton of stuff lately. I wish I could find a place to buy my comics, as the new ones as cheaply as I can buy the old ones. I've been buying full runs of uh, like the first 25 issues of Dazzler for under 20 bucks. But uh, I've almost got a full run of ROM now, um, and I've just started to try to get the first all the issues of Commandy. So I know Vince B would be very happy with that. I'm going to, on 
because y'all told me to, and I looked up the website. That library binding is some bad, awesome stuff. Uh, so I think I'm definitely going to get my ROM and the Commandy binded uh, because that stuff just looks great. I would definitely like to see uh, what you've got done so far, Vince, when you get it in. Uh, I think you said you're fixing, you should be getting your first order in. I would definitely like to see some pictures of that. Uh, also, uh, you can tell me how to get in touch with you guys on Facebook. It would be great. I definitely want to know what uh, Vince is up to and what Jason's up to because I'm watching you, King Dap. Peace. You know what? We brought up something last week that you and I didn't really get to touch base on because you were gone. Oh, yeah? You know, yeah, yeah. I just want to... It's been an I hour think, and a half Because <laughs> <laughs> I know it, when this book came out, and uh, I'm, I'm guessing immediately after you read it, you were vehemently... <laughs> Against this book, you were like, "Oh no, man! I don't want to see this." You course, hyped it up. Yeah, I did hype it. Of course, we're you talking did about hype it up, and I'm st- I'm still going to hype it because this thing is as fresh in my memory today as the day I read it. Which you know, you're right. Admittedly, you're absolutely was right. Admittedly, it was two weeks ago, right? We're of course we're talking about Dark Rain, The List, Punisher. And and Jason had a few things to say about it, <laughs> and a few icons that he added to little emoticons that he added to it. Say, what what turned you off? Um, <laughs> yeah, Dakin didn't help. First, let me say, uh, John Romita is is. It's nice to see him do work. I feel is representative of his place as a master in the in in the craft. Because I, for right or for wrong. Uh, didn't feel the last time I saw him do stuff. Um, well, I guess the second to last, but the World War Hulk stuff I thought was not the Remedia I'm used to expecting of Remedia. So I thought the the issue looked great. So got to give him credit for that. Oh yeah, don't forget you, uh, the anchor you, too. You, you, my reaction was really a a a, uh, a a a reaction to your positing that this was one of the most impactful issues of the year bar none yep, and it's still so is. i read it with massive expectations because i figured love remender love jrjr been loving the punisher book and then i read it and i really honestly felt like it was pretty retarded oh, <laughs> I really yeah. I, here I, here's the the best way i could put it dark rain the list punisher is the the the, the fruiter film for the marvel universe that's how impactful this comic is it's reading this comic is like watching Kennedy get ventilated. Yeah, I don't see it that way. Oh my God, are you kidding me? It's no. it's comics. He'll be oh, back. It, in it's his it, whole form oh, in six but months. see, th- that's why I wanted to talk to you about this because sure. from when when you started on this, you are looking too much into the future. There, there's that's a brick. part of being a comics reader. No, 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 no. No, you're doing the work of dis- I mean, right, but you're doing the work of disservice. Pretend you're walking into a room. When you open that cover, you're walking into a room. That door is locked behind you, and you ain't getting out. There, there are physical walls between you and the exit of this comic book. Sure. Where all you should be consider- concerned with is that room that you're in, right? Yeah, no, I, and I understand that's your perspective, but as we, as we said on the, on the forum, and I, I retorted to that, I, I totally, I, I can't invalidate your oh, perspective on that. And, and, and what I I'm saying is, it do doesn't work, for, it doesn't work for me because I'm not a new comic book reader anymore. If I was 11 years old and it was 1985 and I picked up the issue, I didn't have previews and I didn't have solicits and I haven't been reading comics for 
for 25 years every week of my life for, you know, that long. And I picked this issue up. I totally think that I would have been flipping out and saying, holy shit, I can't believe it. And in my sort of bubble enclosure of not realizing that comics were a business and that these are iconic characters and IP, I would have been flipping out, you know, jumping up and down, calling my buddies up saying, can you believe what just happened this issue? But you know, we are informed by our life experiences. I am not that person anymore. I'm a 34-year-old oh, man who you, hosts you a podcast re- who reads hundreds of comics a month. And and my the way I, the, the what entertains me now from comics is different than what entertained me then. And and the way I I perceive comics and what I expect of them is different. For right or for wrong, I I don't. It's a, it's comics are serialized entertainment. They are we are conditioned to read them, wondering aloud what's to happen next. Oh, man, I know that's for sad. right or that's for wrong. Sad. Well, maybe, but that's the truth, and you You've do it too. You've lost your childhood. Oh no, 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 no. Oh, I, I, I have not you lost have serialized that. comics, of course. That you sense do. Of Every wonder. time you read, you don't. You, so you tell me that ne- never once after you get done a comic, you don't, you don't project in your mind what's going to happen next. It's not true because we have. That, eight, that's eight very different from what you're doing. That's no, very different. Not. Yeah, it is because you're seeing these things as creations that exist primarily to generate stories and therefore generate money. You're seeing them as as intellectual property, and I can't fault you for that. But that sense of wonder that seeing a, albeit anti-hero, get hacked to bits in very, very graphic style. I mean, they picked the perfect artist to do this. Because well, it, it was it wasn't J. G. Jones, it wasn't yeah. um, Van Skyver. This mm-hmm. thing, there was as much emotion in the line as there was in the story. Do you know what I mean? It, I do, but like, it was very expressionistic, and that's why I thought they were the perfect artists to do it. Because those uh, Ramita Jr. and Jansen, their work is infused with emotion because the line is so rag and so beautiful, and yeah. it speaks volumes. But it, you know, it's it's like a bloody tampon on the floor of a school bus. Okay? No, you're walking down the middle aisle of a school bus. Boom! You see this tampon. It's unavoidable. The uh-huh. the the emotions that this visual thing elicits in you. It's grotesque. You're instantly disturbed. It's it's like an almost unif- universal reaction. Mm. And and you never forget that image. It's it's that's what this issue was to me. Except the string of the tampon kind of hit the ground and formed a little heart. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, but half of the heart's red and half the heart's white. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm just I saying. That, that's your reaction. I mean, I really do, and I wish I had that wonderment. But to be honest, like even as you're sitting describing it, I'm remembering the issue. I I honestly thought like. I didn't have that emotional reaction for a second. Like, I, I thought it was corny. Like, he was, again, like, if he was, like, I don't know, shot through the head by microchip out of nowhere and he just laid there dying in a pool of blood, to me, that would have been more impactful than seeing him chopped up in a comic booky way by JRJR into pieces. And then but literally. But he fought. He struggled. But he was chopped up into pieces. As I said to you, he's a human being. So. He's not, he's, he's, he's a hero that lives in the Marvel Universe that has no powers. And yes, you could argue that that's, re- it's retarded that he was fighting the Sentry a few, few weeks ago. But what was great about the Punisher book so far since his relaunch is reading him go against the Sentry actually made some sense because he was a human dude getting his ass kicked, but he was being strategic enough to avoid this big, clotting, uber powerful dude. It was entertaining. It was a human, how would a human fight a superhuman like the Sentry? And he pulled it off. I, how does I read Batman that, fight I guess, Superman? 
Exactly. So that's the thing. Right. Like I, I'm, I'm watching Dokken of all people. I mean, it's the guy that spent <laughs> so, 20, 30 that, years fighting he's Daredevil been to a hairband. Yeah, fighting <laughs> Daredevil good. and Wolverine, and you know, all ends of his own rogues gallery, and 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 coming out the better for it, and and living the fight of the day, and then Dokken, the you know, the bisexual, you know, oh, is uh, he really aloof, you know, clone, uh, not clone, offspring of 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 Logan slices him into pieces and like i guess even the way it was drawn to me he sliced into pieces almost like a piece of of, of deli meat like it wasn't even gory or, or there were no entrails it was just like wow. oh look he's cut up into pieces to me it was like it wasn't even <laughs> it was a boring. you know what it, it was a, it was the difference between watching a really well-made war movie where you actually for a moment you're so caught up in the you know the 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 the, the scene that you actually feel like you're watching real soldiers getting killed on a battlefield that would be visceral to me but i felt like this was more watching saw six like just 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 horror porn like a guy's being chopped into pieces and then we know that somewhere or another whether it's because he's going to be frankencastle next next month or because it's going to be you know he's going to go with the man thing and who's the got the nexus of all realities and he's going again to looking into the future man no don't, but that but don't, i'm saying don't, don't. it's no, he. I'm saying the in the moment it did nothing for me because it was stupid. He was cut up into pieces like a piece of sausage. There was no blood. Where were the entrails? Where was the gravitas of the situation? It was just yet another Punisher battle. This time with a C-list villain that Marvel's trying so hard to make into an A-list, chopped up into pieces, and then ooh. What's happening? Stay tuned. And then you say you shouldn't think about what's going to happen next. If we're not supposed to think about what happens next, then why did they stick a 10-page preview of the next issue where he's Frankencastle in the book? To make it worth three ninety nine, but it, it, well, there you go. So wait, but wait, wait. So I'm not supposed to read those pages. The book was intended for me to read no, everything. No, the- you right. can read those pages. You just don't let those pages affect what the work that Remender and Ramita Jr. and Jansen and White did. Well, again, the, not it, because it has no relation to it. Oh, other than it being the, place, though. the issue itself had no I had no emotional reaction to the issue itself well, I think, and yeah. and subsequent to that I also don't think it's going to really matter in 6 months anyway of course it's not but in the moment look look at the, uh, punisher the list not in terms of the album but in terms of the single it's a really tight 3 minutes and 33 seconds of carnage it it is like a, a just a loud Obnoxious, just killer. It's like Nirvana. It's, well, it smells like Teen Spirit. That is like the perfect single. They take the stage, they do what they have to do, they blow you away, and they get the hell off. That's what that issue is. It's a moment. It's it's a little crystallization of everything the Punisher is and was throughout throughout his whole entire comic book career. He's brutal, vicious. Uh, he lived by the sword and he died by the sword. I mean, what more do you need? Yeah, well, again, if this was Punisher the End one shot, it might have been a little different, but it wasn't. Wow. It was the list. It was. I, I'm and, reading and, and, it. And, and honestly, I, I, I mean, I also have to say, as much as I love GRGR and I think he did a great job, I, I don't know how you can look at that and not, not have, have just see. I mean, to me, that's, that's nothing GRGR hasn't done before. I, I have two trades sitting right next to me here. Uh, that were Wolverine enemy of the state trades where Wolverine fucking spends eight issues, GRGR, of slicing up shitloads of humans and superheroes and actually, some, unlike this probably, actually some of them are still dead. I mean, and that was, you know, that was a badass miniseries, but it was a badass miniseries. Yeah, very it good. Plot. It had plot, too. I mean, I just, I don't... I, I mean, again, like, it, 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 it's a silly thing. I mean, the reasons I dislike it and the reasons you like it are, are, are neither of us are wrong. I just... No, I, of course not. I, 
the thing was is I guess I was shocked that you had because we all like to joke about our, our, our disparate taste, but yeah. usually, especially when you say, "Hey, you got to check this out," I I may not you know love it as much as you, or but I generally find, like even the um, the uh, the Shang Chi Deadpool one shot, even that I yeah. you know picked that up. So when you were like saying this was the issue of the year, I really thought, "Holy shit!" Like this is going to blow me away. And then I read it, and I was like, "Eh, it's I'm, yet another Marvel comic." I'm, like, I'm going along with the story, and Remender's dragging me all the way, and. Osborne's like the Wicked Witch of the West, sending out the flying monkeys, like those hammer agents on, on the Goblin Otherwise, Gliders. Yeah. You didn't just you didn't geek out over that. Um, it, and I, you well, can it's hear not the first time I've seen Osborne's guys on gliders. It's been happening oh, well, in other comics too. So okay, well, this is, regardless of whether it was the first time I saw it, it, it was it was an image, it was a moment, and and I could almost hear Ride of the Valkyries. Da, 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 <laughs> yeah. These guys are flying out of the helicopter. Boom, they're going, to, and they, they right. fuck up, they can't get them, and Frank almost, he's clawing his way through this thing, and he blows Dakin in the chest, and he thinks he's got a way out, and all of a sudden, uh-uh, chunk, you're dead. It's just, it was it was very poignant, very fitting way for Frank to go out. If they yeah, never and, made you know, another I mean, Punisher comic, that's it. That's an awesome ending. Well, lots but, of I mean, yes, we know. That's, we, I mean, that's, that's great. We know I, that I, there I'm will just, be more. I mean, when you're talking about visceral reactions, again, all I'm saying is, is that I, I, I don't. Your, your opinion here is perfectly relevant. I, I, I'm glad that you have that reaction, and, and it sounds from like a forums that lots of other people read it and thought it was kick-ass too. I, yeah. I just, my honest opinion of it was like, really, that's that. I mean, I won't be. <laughs> in fact, of the list books, it was, it was not the worst, but it was not even the best. Wow. In my opinion, of the list so and far. poor Frank, he knows he's beaten, and he almost resorts to a slap fight by biting Dakin's lip. I mean, here you have yeah. a guy who trained in the art of combat, and he bites his lip. It's well, <laughs> I wasn't being flip when I said to you I thought that the most recent issue of the Punisher series itself, to me, was far more emotionally impactful. I thought oh, that's the one with the uh, family, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, to me, I, I, I actually I read that. I said, now that. To me, that's what Frank's about. Yeah, Frank blows shit up, but Frank's whole thing is that he's mentally ill beyond all repair because his sole drive on Earth is to avenge his family. And we even see in that issue that he's beyond even that now. It's, it's just, it's, he's, it's so consumed him that even the premise of reversing everything that he presumably did in the first place means nothing to him anymore. It's just about getting revenge and living for the revenge. And I thought yeah, that because was wonderful. We, he doesn't exist himself. anymore if you take over. Correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, but, but whatever. Again, I probably people are going to think I I did not hate the issue. I just thought it was a a list issue. Like I thought, like all the lists, they've been good. They've been like decent fifth week events, supplements to Dark Rain. Like it's cool. Yeah. And, See, and I, that being said, and that being said, I I I am reserving judgment on Frank and Castle. I I I love Remender, as you guys, as we all know, and listen to people. And I love Tony Moore, and no nothing is better than Remender and Tony Moore together. Uh, so I, I have a feeling it's going to be a hoot. I can, you know, I'm not going to judge it based on, oh, you know, I joked on the forum about them turning him into the next, next Deathlock. I'll take the story for what it is and, 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 and enjoy it or not enjoy it. But, but I mean, you know, uh, yeah, I don't, yeah, this issue was, it's okay. I, I, I can't wait. The, the deck is so stacked in Remender's favor. With the characters he's using for this arc, well, you can, I, you, for you, Man Thing, I, a book could be yeah. a, a C minus, and they put Man Thing on the back page, and it's a plus. Yep. I mean, you, I know, you live for I that. know, yeah. But now, David, uh, have you read this book? Did I read the the list of Punishers? <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> so, what did you think? I've been enjoying this. You know, I mean, I, I. Here, wait. I'll set the soundtrack for you. Go ahead. Go ahead. 
<laughs> See, it doesn't work unless Thanks. you talk over yeah, it. Yeah, thank you. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'll try to... Yeah. <laughs> The, I, I, I see where Wood's coming from. I know exactly, you know, how he's thinking, why he's thinking. I mean, I, I, I have a tendency to do that myself. I don't care if Frank ever goes back to being just Frank mm-hmm. in the 616. We have Punisher Max. We have a ton of Enos stories. We have a whole lot of Frank in the air quotes real world. And if the days. six, if, and the 616, well, that, that was 616. But in, 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 if the 616, Frank has to be put back together with spit and gum and twine and bolts and, and he's like that for longer than Steve Rogers stays dead, I don't, I, I'm <laughs> cool with it because if, if that's what it takes to get, I mean, this is a character who, who came back from suicide and, and, you know, we kind of have, he was forgotten black for, about for that. He he was yeah. he, 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 he was, was black. black. He was he was yeah. He was drugged. He used to, you know, he used to fire dum dum bullets at, at at his enemies. I mean, this is a character who has changed over the years because they've had to kind of have him fit in the Marvel universe. So mm-hmm. we have the Max titles to uh, to give us the real person, the the, the sleeveless shirt, blue jean wearing Punisher. And 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 if if I want that, if I need a character like the Punisher. To fit in the six one six, then I'm 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 cool with what happened at the end of the list. That I'm not going. I I, I didn't read that thinking to myself, well, how are they going to fix this? How are they going to get out of it? And and I, I didn't want to. You know, it's not like people guessing about Bruce Wayne in the cave at the end of Final Crisis. And it's like, okay, well, how's he going to get home? And 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 obviously now and now Tim knows. You know, he's still alive. And and all these other mysteries that that you follow along. This didn't. There was no, it was a gut punch and I didn't, I, I couldn't get back up to try to figure it out. I'm just, I'm along for the ride with this and, and, mm. and I have absolutely no problem with what happened and, and, uh, it did hurt cool. and it's a character that I've been a fan of. I mean, he's the only, he's the only character that I'm actually collecting in essentials and I've been a fan of Frank Castle for years. And if, if this fan. is huge and if this is, if, if this is how he's going to be for however long, then so be it. But I'm not going to read issue 11 and say, okay, you know, and set my watch and, and you know, T minus till he's back to being normal. And I'm not going to try. I'm just, I'm alone for the ride. I don't, I don't care what like I said. If, if Marvel wants to make another Punisher movie, then they, they have other, there are so many different versions of Marvel characters. I don't care if Franken Castle is, is the version of the Punisher in the 616. That, that yeah. it doesn't phase me, and I'm not going to wonder if he'll ever go back to being the way he used to be. Right. Mm. See, I, you know, this issue exemplifies my approach to not only comics, but all, all forms of, of art. And, and this, I, I, by saying this, I'm not implying or inferring whatever, which, whatever word works in, in, the, in the sentence. Anything about you would. This is just how I do it. This is how it works for me. I try and take uh, a tabula rasa po- approach, sure. like blank slate. I, I meet the art on its terms. I don't yeah. expect it to meet mine. So going into this, yeah, we kind of have to drag along all the history we have with these characters, like who they are, what they do, their their the the major beats in their fictional lives. We need to bring that in there because then they're just ciphers. They're just, they're nobodies, you know. But I keep that stuff in the back of my head, but I try and accept the stuff for what it is. 
and and I just let it wash over me and ex- and take it as it is. But that's not always easy to do, and that's where I agree yeah. with you. It, because we have such histories with these characters, that's almost impossible. But I try like hell to do it because you're kind of doing the the creative team a disservice by not letting them talk to you. You're trying you're to talk right. over and, them. And that's I think why. Uh, in a way, I'm grateful that I was a Marvel zombie for two decades and didn't read, you know, almost anything else because I can have it. I can sort of have my cake and eat it too, right? I can I can read Marvel now and be the continuity wonk that I can't get myself from not being. But at the same point in time, almost every time I read a DC book, uh, certainly any time I'm reading anything independent or you know some of the classic stuff that I hadn't read in prior. It's all new, and it still washes over me in that same way with far nice. fewer expectations. You know what I mean? So I totally agree with you. But that being said, like, I'm also not – like, I, that's – you know, we all, we're, we're all informed however we take in any medium. We're all informed that way. Like, and I, for me, I, and I've said this on the show before, my expectations differ with every work. And, and sometimes I have high expectations for what I expect of something and let that impact me. Other times I go in it completely without any expectations. And I'm the same way with – Movies and music. If I, you know, if I buy the new 311 album, um, you know, or the new Ballstones album, I have expectations for what I, I want it to be, right? Fair or not, I do, right? So I'm going right. to judge it. If I buy an album, you know, of a, of a group that someone says you got to check this out, and I have no exposure to the group ever, well, I'm just going to either enjoy it or not. Totally viscerally, I have no expectations for what they're bringing to the table. Same thing with movies, right? I mean, I could go to see, you know, a movie like The Transporter, which I watched on my iPod this week. And it is what it is, right? It's a it's a total you know C list low budget action movie. But I I went in it enjoyed it for what that was and for what it was and it entertained me. But that being said, you know if I watch Watchmen, you know I'm sitting there every panel going, oh that's not exactly right, or oh they skipped that scene. You know I mean it's just that's for me how it works. I and I don't have a script. It's just sometimes there's expectations embedded in something. Sometimes there's none, and I don't right. go into it thinking. Do I expect something out of it? I, I kind of don't realize whether I had expectations until after the fact that I've reacted to it. And I can look back and say, oh, I guess I was expecting something different. Or I could say, oh, I had, it was great. You know, I mean, so, swear. You're only human. That's how I'd be wired, dude. Yeah, enough of that. L- let's hear from the David. David. Uh, well, all right. Well, then we'll, we'll step away from Marvel for a second because I got a couple things from Marvel that we can talk about later. But um, Me too. Since, since I, I was home sick i figured um i'd catch up on some reading and i i i laid out and with all 12 issues of wednesday comics wow okay and uh i enjoyed it i uh i mean it's not surprising (laughs) considering no no i'm not it's not like it's like he's in confession no it's it's, i mean i i expected to based on how um forgive me father for i have enjoyed the first couple issues as i read as they were coming out and then i let them pile up and i just figured all right i'll just read them all at once and as i was reading each story because at first I, I wanted to read each story separately and then when i realized how time consuming that was to put oh yeah previous issue down and then go to the next one i was just like yeah. all right i'll just read them straight through and then the next one and, and hopefully i'll be able to retain what i just read 15 pages ago o- overall my, my 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 impressions were are are, are mostly good i i thought as an experiment, I thought this was fantastic. I'm glad they tried it. I'd like to see them do it again, and and maybe with some slight changes. One thing I felt reading other ana- anthologies over the years, whether it's, it's Marvel Comics Presents or Dark Horse Presents or, or any number of anthologies, the different stories in each issue 
the serials might run eight parts, might run three, might just be done in eight pages and, and that's it. This sort of felt, I don't know if it was limited or, or, or constrained, but it, since there were only 12 pages for each story, there were only, it was only a 12 part story told on one page. There wasn't much of a sense of urgency. I just, I knew it was going to end when it was over. Nothing was going to continue past this. And these were all nice little short stories, but there was nothing that, uh, nothing that I felt like, okay, well, what's happening in the Superman story is going to eventually happen. You know, I'll, I'll read about a couple of years from now in action comics or, uh, or, or, you know, we'll, we'll, the Green Lantern story ever play into anything that will go on. I, you know, it's it's too soon to say, but I just, I didn't get that feeling. Like, I mean, for Marvel Comics Presents, we had, uh, in the Sam Keith drawn Wolverine story, they introduced Cypher. And I mean, here it is years later and, and he shows up in Wolverine Origins and I mean, and he pops up. That's where he gets up. Yeah, he was in a Marvel yeah. Comics yeah. Presents. Too. No kidding. You're breaking yeah, up, You're buddy. breaking up now. So let's just let David talk. <laughs> Yeah, because this would be the time to fast forward. Um, mm-hmm. there, there were a few things that I just, getting back to my initial impressions, that there, there, there seemed to be some, um, some repetition. There were aliens in the Superman story, in the Hawkman story, and, and naturally the Green Lantern story. So it, that jumped out at me. There's a girl that appears in, in the Commandy story and in the Metamorpho story. I, I thought that the, uh, the point of view from different characters, in the Titans serial was, was kind of neat. Metal Men was absolutely gorgeous. And, and I pray that Dan DiDio does not quit his day job. I, I just, he, <laughs> I would never want to write a story that I would have lettered over Jose Luis Garcia Lopez and Kevin Nolan artwork. There were, there were too many word balloons on, on, on the page. And, and that's just that, that's just my feeling on that. My opinion. It's, uh, and there was a, Freaking Battlestar Galactica reference in it, which completely, and I know if I read comics from the 60s or the 70s and they're going to talk about Ike or, or, or some dance craze or something, and that's fine. That's that, that's the time it was told in, but every, almost every other, well, not even almost every other story in Wednesday comics was kind of timeless in a way. And, and for Metal Men to have a, a, a pop culture reference for something that's going on right now, it just, it, it like I said, it just, it, it kind of, put the the brakes on on that particular story metamorpho had a uh strontonium dog reference there was a um aquaman shows up in supergirl and in hawkman the art in the superman story was uh was beautiful there, there were things that i think other people that i see online that they didn't care for that i really liked i did like the wonder woman story um you got so much for your money just on on the ben caldwell pages alone I did like the Teen Titans story, but it was when it was over. I was like, "Really? That was it." It, it was also a little confusing, and I'm not sure. And I, and I think, I think that might be because of uh, Galloway's art, or just something that I wasn't connecting the dots on. The only stories that really felt like they could have actually happened, as far as a day in the life of of these characters, is is probably the Batman story and and the Sergeant Rock story. You know, it's it's. The Superman story was nice. I mean, it was also like, it's the kind of story where for licensing issues, it could have happened in, in, in the back of a cereal box or something. It just, mm-hmm. it didn't, there wasn't, like I said, it's just, some of the stories just didn't have weight. The Supergirl story was a great palate cleanser. And I don't mean that like in, in, in a, in a derogatory way or a mean way. It was just, it was from after reading like Dead Man or Commandy yeah. 
and then you're gonna you know you read that it's a nice break and then you go to like the wonder woman or or uh or the the Catwoman demon story, which was another one that kind of fell a little flat to me, and mm-hmm. and and Morgan Lefay reminded me of uh, Lorelai from Simonson's uh, Thor run years ago. Okay, but I I think like I said I think it was a um, oh then then there was some, a slight editing I think mishap in the metamorpho issue, but other than that I said I I really think I would have liked it more if some of the stories maybe were three or four parts. Maybe there were, you know, a couple of one-page gags. I, 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 it just, and again, just my opinion. If 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 everybody read all twelve pages of all the stories and thought that they were fantastic, then then that's great. I I just, it, it was hard for me to. I just knew after I read, you know, the first three. Okay, well, there's only nine more chapters, and 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 I mean, and the Flash one was the one that that kept surprising me. That one just, there were parodies of uh, of comic strips in one page. Kershaw is just. A madman. That that that's probably one of my favorite strips out of the whole collection. But I, I um, the, the Green Lantern was cool because it was a a rookie Hal Jordan in, in the Lantern Corps. He was and and the flashback to um to where he was before he uh he became a Lantern. I, I, you know, he's arrogant and fearless and cocky, and he's just he's young and brash. And it's it's the Jordan we know, and uh, so there isn't much difference there. But that was beautifully illustrated also by uh oh yeah Nets. but i mean they, oh, i think the package as a whole i think it was great i'm glad i was there along for the ride i'm glad i was able to participate in it i have absolutely no regrets and i'll i'll, I'll gladly do it again i i just i i would think that there might be some some tweaks needed but uh overall i, I really can't say that there's anything in it that i would just be like i i can't believe i i stopped to actually read this out of out of all the other stories in the book well, I agree with a lot of what you're, you're saying. I mean, I think Vince touched on this when he admitted, uh, well, a couple of weeks ago that he had stopped reading it too. Um, at least as voraciously. If you go back and listen to that first episode, where that first issue hit, I mean, we were all pal- palpably thrilled at the prospect, right? And I think it's fair to say that, that we're not alone in sort of our enthusiasm kind of burning out a bit. Not to say that, again, that any of us disliked it or anything, but I think that sort of the, um, it almost like our, our excitement went supernova, then burned out, and now it's kind of like you kind of go back and appreciate it for what it actually was, which was not as great or profound as maybe we were expecting it to be or, or praising it at its outset, but certainly not anything that Chirillo and the creators involved shouldn't really hold their heads high and proud for doing. And and, and I think you hit it too, which is that DC deserves props for allowing Chirillo to do this project mm-hmm. because um, I think no matter what, no matter how much we were excited about it before it came out, I think we all knew from a market standpoint that it was going to be kind of a tough nut to crack, you know, and, and I know a lot of people are focused on the price point. I, I don't frankly believe that the project would have been necessarily all that much more successful in the direct comic book market with people that don't know, you know, or worried about how they're going to, you know, I don't know that the price really was the gating factor for some people's enjoyment of it. I think it's kind of too easy for people to say, oh, well, it shouldn't have been three ninety nine. To me, that is what it is. I mean, to me, it's if, if you love if you love any comic or any 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 piece of entertainment, you know, the price will kind of set itself. So I, I agree with what you're saying. Though. I think that to me, as I went back and 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 think on the series, some really resonate with me. Some I thought were were thrilling. Um, I think what's interesting is that some some of my favorites were those that embraced the the difference 
uh, in the project. I mean, what to say is that, like, you know, you, you, some of the, I thought some of the stories were fine, but they were told in a way that basically was like a guy sitting down and saying, you know, and Azarello actually admitted to this in in, uh, in his word balloon interview with John um, when he was talking about this. You know, Azarello basically wrote a 22-page comic and then fit it into the issue, issues of Wednesday Comics. Like, he wasn't sitting there thinking, like, how can I use this medium with this page format with my artist to, to tell a story that I couldn't tell in a regular comic book? Whereas I think, like you oh, said, okay. The Flash and... The, yeah, they were, and the uh, dead man. They really the took advantage man. of that one page. Exactly, exactly. And I think that those are the ones that are probably I'm going to remember as I look back on this. Or like with the collected editions, those are going to be the ones I'm going to want to look at again and appreciate for that because I think that was sort of rising to the challenge of using a different format and seeing what you can do with it. To your point, I think that's where the interesting thing is. Like, I think I didn't really groove on the Wonder Woman story because I didn't care for the artwork. I thought it was too busy. But I do give them mad credit for I do agree with you. I think for your money, they used the whole page and they told a hell of a lot of story. So I think he deserves credit for that. It just didn't personally resonate with me. Right. Whereas, like, you know, the Supergirl, uh, yeah, that that did nothing for me. And I'm I'm a fan of Amanda Connor. I'm reading Power Girl, but... I just that just didn't do anything for me. It was it was to me a throwaway. I think you know you hit it. It just was that and Teen Titans could do nothing for me. But then like I look at like the the Ryan Sook Commandy and it was just gorgeous. And I think again that was so evocative of Prince Valiant that oh yeah you know it was nostalgic. But but it it was you know in a pitch perfect way. So yeah, I'm I'm with you. I think I think overall the project deserves credit. I'm looking forward to the collected edition, seeing how it's packaged. Um, I'll, I'll be proud to have it on my bookshelf, but I guess where maybe I'm disagreeing with you a little bit is I don't know, in spite of my appreciation and enjoyment of this particular effort, I don't know that I'd be clamoring for another version anytime soon unless, like you said, it was something else that Chirolo has in mind that's different than this. I don't know if I'd want to have another 12-issue weekly newspaper-type you know, anthology. I don't know if I need that again because the novelty's kind of gone now. I, okay. Give me something different, you know what I mean? Yeah, the thing that but, killed it for me, one of the things anyway, was the uh, fleeting quality of each installment. One page okay. was not enough. And for the very same reason that I gravitate towards reading the monthlies in bulk, for the same reason why I don't watch webisodes of, of certain series, because the, the, the portion is too small for me. I can barely remember a 22-page comic that I read last month, never mind one page over the course of 12 weeks. I, I, I'm sure. going to have to go back to the first page at some point and review because I'm never going to remember it. Right. And so then when you multiply that by, what was it, 15 different? Yeah. It's that, that was just, by issue six, I was like, okay, enough. No. The, the, the dead man and the commandy and the metamorpho were the things that were pushing me through this because I love them all. But the Supergirl and the Teen Titans like Jason, I, they were just wasted pages for me. And, and it's not anything against the creative individuals, the right. same as Jason. I thought the Supergirl was a, was a total, a total loss. It was just a, it was way too cute. And I understand that was the point to be cute and to show the innocence of the character, but it didn't impact me at all. It was just right. like, see ya. And no. the Commandy story, I could actually see them because of the story that was in the Commandy tale. I can see that actually, that them building on what right. Davidson so uh -huh. did because, I mean, it was, it, it, now Commandy knows that there are, or at least there's this girl, but there are humans out there. So if they, if they decide to go and use this serial as a, uh, 
as a launching pad for a new Commandy series, then that, that that's great. You know, launch it from the pages of Wednesday Comics. I think that would be a, a great claim. But uh, he already knew there was humans out there. That's neither here. So see, that. so that's the other thing. So, it's like, <laughs> so so how much? And we know Sergeant Rock has been captured before, and he's gotten the crap beat out of him before. So I mean, how many? Yes, yeah. just um, that yeah. was like hostile. Not the the adjective hostile, the movie hostile. It was just like let's beat the piss out of of yeah. of Sergeant Rock, and then you know what? We'll throw a story in. But, but then that's the thing. I mean, you knew Easy Company. There was nothing there that would make me think, "Oh my God, this isn't going to wrap up by right. the twelfth part." It's but, it's, but it's again, like, like the man thing, like Jason said about me and the man thing. You put Hubert on something. I don't care what the story or lack thereof is about. I'll I will probably buy it just for the strengths of Joe's art. And right. again, it's just like let's hit Sergeant Rock in the head like a bunch of times. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, and but it was beautiful. It just it was. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and uh, and again, like Jason, if they try this uh, ride again, I'm I'm not going to jump on. Well, I'm not. I I can't say I won't, and I can't say I definitely will. It, it, sure. There has to be a few things in, in play. Is, is How about if they do a solo, like like a weekly series, but do it yeah. so far in advance, it's like solo. Remember the DC uh, solo? Yeah, right. Where, where you yeah. just give one guy 12 pages for a week and do it enough lead time where we can get a Tim... Well, I was going to say Tim Sale, but like a, a Paul Pope one week, maybe next week a Sergio Roganez or and a Joe Kubert the next week. That'd be awesome. Let them use dope, yeah. whatever characters they want to use. Yeah. Uh-huh. And but each one would be essentially a done in one of a twelve issue series. That'd be awesome. Sure. Now, yeah. David, um, does it bum you out then that that uh, the illustrious executive editor will be? Oh no, I'm not. I, yeah, no, I'm done with that. That's that's a non-issue. Okay. I don't even bother with it. It's it's. I mean. The artwork aside, yeah. Once once I knew that uh, that that he was going to be writing outsiders, I I put a fork in me. I was cool. not. Cool. What are we the, talking about? The deal and and, and the uh, taking over outsiders are doing the outsiders with yeah. uh, with, oh, with well. You had twelve issues. You're talking about maybe a hundred some odd panels of Jose Luis Casillo, and I, I'll keep talking about it. it's it's. I would never want to have my words right. over. That man's artwork and very strong. It was. It's. I'm not a huge Metal Man fan, but I mean the fact that he penciled this and Nolan inked it. It was. It that. that like that's what I'm saying. There's so much stuff in there that that made it worth my four bucks, and it. it I had no problem. I'd. I, I'd gladly pay for retail for it. I. I'm interested to see what the collection is going to look like. I'm interested to see about the paper and and dimensions and. Yeah. Um, you got to admit you know, though, that first issue was a hell of a thrill. Oh, yeah, we spent a whole issue on it. I mean, yeah. we spent a whole episode. What was as as I was reading as as I got further into the Metamorpho story, and you get to like the, the the sixth and the seventh chapter, and and you have the little recap at the top, and and some of the stories had a recap, which yeah. is cool in a weekly where you know you're reading everything all at once. May not work, you know, if you're going to read all twelve parts back to back, but still, that that definitely had a um, and and I know it's. It harkens back to the checkerboard '60s era of DC, but it it also had a um, I a felt a, a a a Marvel feel to it with 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 the way Gaiman was was uh, was wording the recap and the Hey Kids and the this that. I mean, it was I dug the uh, the Marvel story. There really isn't anything. I mean, I could I'll I'll find something good in in every story. I I, I can't yeah. say that. I mean, it it definitely gets a thumbs up from me. I said I'm I'm, I'm glad to have been along for the ride. I I, I give him props and. Uh, and I, I, I'd like to see where it goes from here. I'd like to see, you know, what, what the evolution is from this. But um, 
it, it was a bitch to sit and read trying to, you know, lay everything out or now I'll sit like it, it, it didn't make the day go by any, any easier trying to read all the stories, but no, I, I, I had fun doing it. So it's November the 4th and I just got my comic books. Uh, I was really prepared this week because you're getting the yellow Sinestro ring. If you kind of bought a copy of the Doom Patrol. And I'm not really a fan of the Doom Patrols. Well, Gibbons, Doom Patrol anyway. So hopefully this issue will, you know, excite me. Because I could have just left it there, I'm sure, and just taken the ring. Shelled out four bucks. But I was wearing my Sinestro course t-shirt and everything, so I decided... I was in a chipper mood, got my ring, got my comics. Uh, my shop was having a 50% off sale on their graphic novel section, and I picked up Cairo by uh, G. Willow Wilson and uh, Harvey Picard. And it was half off, so, you know, deal. Couldn't miss it. To celebrate, I went across the street to Dairy Queen. Got a nice vanilla ice cream. I'm not talking like the biggest size they had, vanilla ice cream. Dipped in chocolate. Oh, my God. It's frozen in my stomach as we speak. It was delicious. But then on the way back, as I had my Sinestro ring on with my Blackest Night ring on, holding my ice cream cone, my trolley left. And alas, here I stay, waiting for the next trolley. Was it worth it? Absolutely. I got a comic book. I got a graphic novel. I got more comic books. I got ice cream. But more importantly, I got a Sinestro ring. Now I can go strike fear into the hearts of millions. How do I fly, though? I like to fly some. Can I uh, talk about a book that came out today and spoil the hell out of it? Uh, depends on what it is. Nah, I won't spoil it. I, I read the first issue of Sword. Ooh. Or, or S-Word, if you're Sean Connery. I was going to say, yes, to, uh, to clarify, you're speaking of the... Uh, S-W-O-R-D? Right, S-Word. Right, from not Marvel. Sword by the Luna Brothers. No, Just, no, this is from Marvel. It is uh, written by Kieran Gillen, who we know yes, from Phonogram. Pencils by Steven Sanders. Craig nice. Young did the inks, Dave Lamphere did the lettering, and no one, there's two stories, a main and a backup. No one on the main story is credited for the color. Nobody did it. It just came from nowhere. <laughs> but the second story, which was drawn by Mr. Jamie McKelvey, yep. about that, it, the, the color art is credited to Matt Wilson, who was the color artist on Phonogram, the Singles Club. So I'm assuming, the style looks very similar, I'm assuming he did the first the main story, too. Okay. Even though he wasn't credited. Okay. And what does um, sword stand for, Vince? Um, Jesus. Uh, I'm not Peter Rios. Um, oh, I don't dim- know he would d- know. D- d- something, other dimensions, reality, blah, blah, blah. What is it? What does it stand for? I don't know. I was asking you. <laughs> oh. Saving World Observation and Response Department. Okay, nice. Armor's the one. Armor's the one with the uh, alternate reality, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. 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 Okay. Um, it, it, basically, it's just a day in the life of Agent Brand and her fuzzy blue boyfriend. <laughs> Mr. Uh, man, Hank. The Beast Mr. himself, Hank, Hank. Hank. Hank the Mac McCoy. I got to warn people, those that prefer a less anthropomorphic beast 
may not may not like Steven <laughs> Sanders' depiction of the character. Hank looks very lupine, uh, almost like a blue version of the Big Bad Wolf. Wow. Yeah, and I I appreciate his take on on McCoy, but I realize that some people are really touchy about the way the beast looks. Yes. Some guys can't stand the cat. Some guys don't like it when he looks like a dog. Other guys gravitate towards the George Perez version where he's just he almost looks like a like a like a werewolf. Yeah, but. I had no problems with it. It's it's almost the depiction is almost cartoony, which works well with the rest of the series because you have a dragon flying around. L- Lockheed's in it. Yep. Oh hell yeah. Yeah, and and he kind of uh, he's a very acerbic Lockheed. He because Kitty's not around and he's right, right. he's he's in emotional turmoil because he lost his buddy. He yeah. loves her, and uh, what he's trying to do is he's trying to get find a way to rescue Kitty because, in Good. his in his opinion, it's not over till it's over. And nice. what what's really cool about it is the the uh, missile rocket bomb type thing that the Break World guys hooked up. Uh huh. She's, she's right. She's if you've read Astonishing X Men, she's phasing the whole device so yeah. as not to blow up whatever it touches, but. The reason why she's trapped in it is not only physical, there's a magic element to it. Right, right. There there are these sigils around it where it's keeping her in there. And get this, the farther and the faster it travels, the more powerful the magic gets. There's a part in this book where Agent Brand... No, it's... um, There's a... I don't know if this is a new character because I didn't read the Whedon Astonishing after the second part. I'm assuming he's a cyborg called unit super smart cybernetic organism maybe you know he may be part human where they have to keep him on a maximum security cell within the uh the sword headquarters is this a new character well he wasn't astonishing at least because okay well he must be new where the uh brand and other people will consult him in the most (laughs) dire of circumstances he tells lockheed that it would probably take five sorcerer supremes to save kitty at this point wow yeah. So, so he's, he's, is he kind of like a robotic Hannibal Lecter type of thing? That he he almost looks, yeah, kind of. And he, he's very manipulative. Like you can see uh-huh. that there's other things working in this issue. Uh, he, he's not entirely altruistic with his information. Okay. And it's he funny, know- I wonder if, um, cause you say you didn't read the rest of Astonishing Vince? Because Danger was, Danger was really kind of played that character in that, in that. In right. Whole, well, I, uh, I read that part, yeah. Okay, I was. Well, I'm just wondering if 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 maybe they were planning on using Danger, but then they and like to... like Layla Miller, he knows stuff about the oh. characters. He he know he knew immediately that Agent Brand and uh, Hank were an item as soon as oh. they walked in the room. So he he kind of has this intuition that's okay. really really strange. But so so you have that character that's under maximum security. Someone I won't say who, but it's a bounty hunter. Kidnaps both that kidnaps Agent Brand's brother, his half brother actually. His name is Lothi, and if you're familiar with Tank Girl, there's a a, a really strong resemblance to Tank Girl's uh, boyfriend Booga. Ah. So uh, Agent Brand's brother's kidnapped. Played and, by Ice T in the movie, if I'm recalling. <laughs> right. <laughs> and uh, the the whole issue is them mounting a rescue mission to get the brother back. And David, you're gonna shit. Your drawers when you uh, learn who the bounty hunter is. It's the '90s all over again. <laughs> is it dog? <laughs> no, no. And uh, there's another subplot. This alien race. Text is, me. T- 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 just tell me who it is. Yeah, okay. you can tell. Us. Death's head. 
Oh, 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 yeah, and they, the they got him working with the, uh, uh, uh I, my, na- my name is Deathhead, yes. <laughs> it's oh, awesome. No way. Yeah, and, um, no spoilers, okay, spoilers, but, um, <laughs> no, there's a subplot involving an alien race that arrives I- in the vicinity of Earth and they're demanding tribute. Or they're going to take some state. I think Louisiana. They set their sights on like a, a state. They're going to take that if they're not given tribute. So there's a lot of stuff on Agent Brand's plate. And it, huh? it, it just shows like the hectic work day that uh, she and Hank have. But Hank makes a point of saying, you know, this is awesome because we're acting on our own accord. There's not extinction level threats going on that we have to deal with. We're just being ourselves, doing what we do, and let's have some fun with it. Now, so this is, it, it in in that vein, the issue's very lighthearted. Okay, I have a question for you. Okay, now, I'm, I'm going to read this. On, well, I'm actually saying I'm going to get this on Friday in my shipment, but I'm intrigued by the fact that you've been describing this book for a few minutes, and I haven't heard the words Dark Rain or Norman Osborn at all. So, am I too? Mistakenly hope that this book actually is at, is without Dark Rain uh, relation. Mm, not entirely. Henry Peter Gierick is, oh, yeah, the, huh? is the co-captain um, of Hilarious. the. Hilarious! That's his yeah. whole role, man. Just yeah, and he was appointed by Osborne. Government appointee bureaucrat, right? That's... Yeah. So he's the co-captain of the co-commander of the Peak, and okay. Agent Brand gets in his face as she is wont to do. And throws it in uh, on the table that you know what I, I'm surprised that you even let me do what I want to do because you're so far up Osborne's ass. And Garrick says, if I was that far up Osborne's ass, you wouldn't even be here. So uh-huh. he he recognizes that she does have a little bit of autonomy. So yeah, it's a really cool series. Uh, well, a start to a real. I, but I will say, I, and I hate to be a pessimist. Uh, I I really don't think it's going to catch on. I want it to catch on. It's it's everything I want in a, in a comic. It's lighthearted. It's fun. It it uh-huh. pushes the comic bookiness of it to the forefront. But so it's, it's going to be 2010's Captain Burton and MI13. I think so. Probably. Yeah, and and I hate like hell to say it because it's uh-huh. it's very enjoyable. It, Gillen is a great writer. It's smart. There's a lot of really witty quips, and uh, the dialogue is. It sparkles. The art's really sweet, but it's one of those books where it's almost too clicky. Even even with comic book fans, okay, who it doesn't have any of the major players other than Beast in it. So it's it's a hard sell. It really is, and I hope it it does catch on, like Rebels at DC. Everybody yeah. and their brother is praising the shit out of this book, but it's still struggling to find readers. I think this is going to be Marvel's Rebels. I could see yeah. that. I mean, but, I, I, and, like and I said, I'll support it. I mean, I don't want to be a Neesman, so yeah. I, I really oh. don't want to say. <laughs> so you know, but it, it's it, it's really well done. Why well, maybe, it wouldn't uh, be top ten is beyond me. I, I hope it does light a fire uh-huh. for people. Yeah, maybe once the Avengers get restarted, they can. Uh, Marvel the heroic tie, age, tie the uh, but do we tie we, sword in with an Avengers membership card to boost sales? For <laughs> nice. Yeah, but one would think that this series is already tied into a top-selling book, Astonishing X-Men. I mean, it's, it's it doesn't get higher. Sto- it's actually it's tied into a couple of books. It's tied into Astonishing X-Men, right? Uncanny. Well, yes, yep, uh, absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's tied into a comic that I read, and I don't want to cut Jason off in case he had something else to say. No, but it, no. it was. Um, oh. 
it, it ties into Spider Woman. Yes. You're right. Yeah. Who is now an agent of Sword because She's that's how I that, that, that's how I grabbed the uh, what the acronym stands for from you because I I read the first issue. Yeah, I'm not I good with acronyms. As soon as no, they changed no. the acronym for Shield, that yeah, was no, done. That was done. That was ridiculous. Um, yeah. But but no, I I just I read Spider Woman number one. I know the motion comic was out. A couple of people read that. I like this. I'm, I'm along for the ride with Spider Woman. But yeah, I mean I I'm glad to see Brand getting more uh, more page time. I mean aside from the uh, that Secret Invasion one shot, we really haven't seen much of her yeah. since. So right. and she's she's not just an Emma with green hair, because right. when when you boil the characters down, they do have that that. Acerbic personality, and sure, they, sure. they don't. Well, they she won't reminds think... me a bit of um of a female version of of real real docs. You know, yeah, she's yeah. she's uh. she's this she's mysterious. She's clearly got a lot of uh, resource behind her um, that we've yet to know why. Uh, and she, at least in the way she was portrayed in Astonishing, she was portrayed as take no prisoners. I don't really give a flying fuck what any of you think of me. Yeah, I mean, she may not be as calculated, and she will have yeah, to true, depend true. on other people. But uh, but I, I I can see the comparison. Right, and like Emma, she is really good at what she does, and she knows yeah. it, and so yeah. that kind of boosts the uh, the personality up a few notches. But there are parts uh, sections of the book where the uh, the poop has hit the oscillator, and she has to do her job, and she's kind of putting Hank a little to the sidelines and, and reminding him that, yeah, they have work to do. They are a couple, but they have work to do. But she, she puts kid gloves on with Hank. Uh-huh. And, and she could take, uh, she can approach him as she does everyone else and just cut them to the quick, but she always will stick a, you know, you're adorable or, you know, and that's really unlike the character. So you know that she's kind of hot for Hank, which is cool. I like that. Hank needs somebody. After all the crap Hank has been through, with oh, all yeah. the all the failed romances and the the dead people in his life, yeah, Hank needs some somebody there. So it's a, I, I like it. I think it was really good. And Very speaking cool. of astonishing X Men, remember how we said Warren Ellis not the greatest of starts with this latest arc? What was, was it? Issue Man, art thirty one. Yeah, yeah I, I read that after you talked about it. Thirty two. That's the la- the latest issue that came out last year. week. Uh-huh. Oh, did you read it, Jason? Uh, no. Oh, no. I just, oh, man. There's something in there. Again, I, I just saw what happened, and I was like, this is Warren Ellis brilliant. This this little, the, the, the two pages that I'm reading at this moment are that shining light of comics that he has come to be known as with the concepts. He's I'm not con- sure it was Scott? No. The, oh, like okay. he, he's a concept generator, and this concept to me, whoa. I even went on Twitter. I don't like to tweet very often, but when I saw this, I had to say, dude. It's so cool. You must see it. And it, it, I'll it have did. Thirty-two for next week. Yeah, it did ramp the story up. It now makes sort of sense. Okay, I mean, not, I, com- not completely because he's not going to show his hand right now. But it, there, there's a germ of a story there, which is really cool, and I, I enjoyed it. Yeah, a lot more than the first part. Anyway, I was going to say I dropped. Uh, I dropped astonishing after that first arc of Ellis. After reading thirty-one, I never would have really thought to pair Jimenez with Ellis, but. It seems to work. And yeah. 31 was a quick read, but it was fast-paced. It was a lot happened in that, in that issue where it did go by very quickly. So it definitely it didn't... I wasn't the, reading it dragging along. Going, I mean, they, they had a lot. They had some serious stuff to take care of in that first right. issue. But, and there were some aspects of the first part that weren't very clear to me. 
that were made clear in the second beginning of the second, like the Sentinel. There's something going on with the Sentinel that I did not pick up on when I first saw it. And and then in the second they say, oh, okay, the, okay, the Sentinel has this, and I was like, well, I didn't realize that. I mean, so that's kind of a fault of Jimenez's a, a bit because mm-hmm. you know I didn't pick up on it as fleeting as it was. But yeah, yeah, I'm gonna give this this arc a, a chance. I think I like where it's going, and okay. and it's worth it. Alone for those two pages with that really cool shit that happened. So, for however many pages, uh, however many issues this turns out to be, it will be worth it alone for mm-hmm. that one little section. Well, you know, um, last week I had to laugh because uh, I was listening back to the episode and uh, Chris was uh, mentioning that noir should be banned. You know, the words been used right. of late and stuff. And uh, and and I had to laugh because on vacation I I read probably whew, I'm guessing eight to ten issues of X Factor, which is you know obviously got the reputation of being the the quote unquote noir book of the X universe. And you know sometimes I think writers, even very good ones like Peter David, can fall into traps where they become um, a little too self-aware and they let that shine in their writing. And, you know, I, 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 I know some people make fun of Peter David in the opening page, always mentioning stuff about his daughters and stuff. And I actually think that's cute. I mean, hey, it's his book, do it, you know. But in Catching Up with X Factor, w- which I, I was... I actually do think it's it's back on track, and I'm really looking forward to the um, to uh, the the I guess they're re- not a relaunch, but they're they're you know it's becoming they're taking going back to the old numberings. It's gonna be X Factor 200, so I'm looking forward to being up to date on that. But but the the one thing that just was annoying the shit out of me was that in like every issue, there's some line where where Jamie says actually says something about oh I can't do that, that's not noir, or oh that's so noir of you. And I understood, like, the first time I read it, I was like, oh, haha, Peter David's making fun of the fact that it's the book everyone says is the noir book. But literally, it became where Jamie, every time he talked about something, had to reference it to being noir. And it got really annoying. But it just got me thinking about that because you were talking about all that and I was thinking about the X-Books. But, but overall, I have to say that um, I think X-Factor was in a bit of a lull for a bit there. And I think that exiting X-Factor 50, which came out, I think, two weeks ago um, and setting things up it's back in really strong place and uh, to me I realize that it all comes down to Layla Miller you have Layla Miller in that book and I don't know if it's like his muse or whatever but I love the hell out of that book you take her out like she was for that you know year or so and and, and it wasn't doing it for me she's back now and uh, I think the book is all the better for it Um, so I don't know if you guys are are you reading X Factor either one I know you you're reading it, but are you guys behind? You're behind, don't I, right? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I buy it in uh, hardcover. So the okay. last one I have is the Secret Invasion one. So yeah, I'm, yeah. A, couple, I'm a couple behind. But I, uh, I'll tell you, brilliant to tie the book to the Marvel Universe with the Fantastic <laughs> Four. Uh-huh. And I saw the preview of 201 has Doom on the front. I mean, come on. Yeah. Doc- yeah. Dr. Doom, I'm there. Well, and, Doom has been in the... Doom was in, um, I should say, a future version of Doom was in the last arc of X Factor. Oh, okay. So he he's been a kind of an important character, and he plays a very important role in in that arc that involves sort of the new status quo. So I don't, I won't give away what the role he plays, but he's in the book. So yeah, I mean, I thought that was great. You know, of course, there was a lot of stuff that I was catching up on. I'm sure there was that news. You know, with the whole Shatterstar being gay thing and the whole Lee Feld, Peter David thing. I gotta tell you, um, I hadn't remembered the brouhaha from the interwebs. I wouldn't have thought twice about the, the, the characterization. Cause, I mean, I remember Shatterstar. I remember what he looked like in the Lee Feld 
double sword and all that, but I, I didn't remember much. Yeah, I didn't remember much about the character, and I guess I realized from the brouhaha that he was supposedly never meant to be gay. But I, I got to tell you, in reading that issues, those issues, and he comes back in, I, I thought it worked perfectly fine. I mean, there was not a moment of reading it I was like, that seems weird. I mean, he's a little used C list character from that we haven't seen in ages, and he's being brought into a, a modern book, and he, I don't see, you know, I mean, it, it made sense to me. Is my point? I, I thought him yeah. and Richter. Having don't a, forget, there was a time when Shatterstar was an A-list character. You think? Yeah, nineties. Sure. I mean, they they had A-list? a. I mean, they, I guess yeah. I mean, he was they the based a whole something. string of annuals on him. Yeah, yeah. I guess you're right. I guess you're right. But I mean, I don't remember. Was the sexuality ever really? Oh, dealt I didn't with, pay attention like, to that. That's what I'm saying, right? I mean, yeah. that, I, so I don't. I mean, it doesn't shock me that because I actually think it kind of works in the sense that Longshot. Who's again? They're basically they're not brothers per se, but they're both you know they're effectively brothers. They're from the Mojo verse. They're clones. You know they're I guess yeah. they're they've always been portrayed as kind of like quasi relatives. Longshot's back and he's also an X Force and or X Factor. And Longshot has got that you know that power over women. Um, <laughs> uh, hiccup, yeah. David uh, got the heat coughs. So, so I just thought it was kind of almost sin uh, almost symmetrical to have the other Mojo verse guy from the 90s come back into the same book and have power over men. You know what I mean? Like, I, it almost yeah. kind of makes sense to me in a way, but whatever. I I, I guess say Layla's back. I'm, I'm thrilled for it. Um, there was something that happened, which again, I, I don't know how far you guys have gotten along it, but obviously, I, I presume you're both to the point where uh, Jamie has uh, knocked up a few of the uh, X Factor ladies. Right. Yeah. Monica's yeah. Uh, pregnant. M is pregnant, M, as is Siren. Yeah. yeah. Nice. Um, so, oh, so that's news for you? Sorry. Right, well, no, well, I knew that, the siren thing because okay. David was talking about the baby. Well, he didn't tell me uh, that. Yeah. yeah. So you guys so, 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 Well, I, I, I know what happened with siren and the baby. You do? Okay. okay. Yes. Well, yeah, can I you mean, imagine that her screaming about. in the delivery room? Wow, that would be nasty. Well, he, they, he, they have that. In the, he, she, she blows out all the windows of the hospital. Nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought that was a really powerful issue. Did, did, that was. You agree? That was. I mean, that, that, was, was, yeah, that was a punch. I got to say, I didn't see that coming. I mean, no, I, oh, I, I don't tell me the baby died. Well, I don't want to spoil it for you. We well, just did. No, no I didn't. didn't. No, we didn't. Did, no, the, didn't. did the baby die? No. Okay. Well, what else? It disappeared. Uh, I'm not spoil uh, it for you. I'm spoil tell it me. You. I want to know, man. Oh, you don't want to know. You want to read? All right. No. Okay. No, I don't want to know. I don't want. No, to it's know. great. No, it doesn't. She don't, the baby doesn't die. I'm just saying it's it's a, okay. Good. It's a, it goes in a direction that you you I certainly didn't see coming. No, that's but, the thing uh, with Peter David. Never discounts him. To become cable. It's, no, uh, I, I, I think. Hey, I, I think right. he's he's uh, without a doubt one of the strongest writers Marvel ever had. Well, yes. what's cool about yeah. this is you know there was a lot of talk, and I think I was even worried at the time about that X Fa- X Factor Fifty was was solicited, and then. There was no solicitation no for, yeah. right. for a month, Which, and I was like, oh, and then Peter David, you know, was on that web saying, oh, boy, you know, and I was like, oh, they're going to cancel it, and the numbers haven't been great on it, and, uh, and of course, we all know now that, that that's not the case. It was all, you know, just, just him being coy about the, the renumbering and stuff, but I will say, X Factor 50, which is effectively the end of that run, if you will, for the, for the renumbering launch, I thought he wrapped it up amazingly well, because yeah. he ties so many threads that started with X Factor 1 and have run throughout the book at different times. He ties them all up in a beautiful little ribbon as few writers can do today, but you know, but it, it's like a classic Peter David. So if this was like his 50 issue run, it would be one of those runs I think that people will always refer back to and say, oh, if you want to read some good 
comics, you should try Peter David's you know fifty issue run on X Factor. The, the fact that he's continuing on from here is, is exciting because of that. But I just thought that if you've been reading it and and you kind of got away from it, I think that up through and through fifty, it's terrific. It really, I mean, at the end of fifty, it felt like you got a really full, rich you know uh, end to that journey. So you know you could yeah. it was terrific. <laughs> Again, so I just finished the second part of The Nobody. More and more amazed by it. We see a lot of great character moments between John Griffin, uh, the Invisible Man, and the girl from the diner, Vicky. Uh, it's just a lot of great moments where they're walking. It reminds me a lot of those kind of moments where you think you like a girl, but you're not sure yet, and you get to know her. And, like, there's just these great character moments. And you can, when Mir finds a way to, you know, great expression uh, with this character that can't really show it, and there's times where he chooses purposely not to show it, and then it'll be explained in dialogue, and it's just really great. He's really, he really knows how to express it with his art, and there's some really interesting uh, things he does with panels here. Like, for the most part, he's using, like, a nine-panel grid, and sometimes, like, there's a panel where it goes where they're walking from a nine-panel grid, and this butterfly starts flying around, and it's, like, pretty obvious symbolism. Uh, but then there's, like, six panels of just that, the butterfly flying around around their dialogue, and then there's, like, the next six panels are all one image, which is something I'm a big fan of. But I can't help but wonder why his hotel number room is the number six. And there's this progression where you see it from very far away, and then you start to zoom in on it. And I'm wondering, are they, like, trying to imply to 666, the number of the beast? And then they're, like, trying to imply because that's how the town kind of sees him. Uh, so I can't help but wonder if there's some symbolism in there. But then also on the next page, uh, we see him starting to, like, work on his formula. And there's a part where we see 6 a couple times. It's compound... 6, 6C is another total failure, so it's 6. Are you just using the letter? So was the formula called compound 6, and it's just like complete irony that he's staying in that room? Um, I'm, I'm not really sure, but uh, it's, it's interesting. And then we're starting to see him like have these strange hallucinations, and then this, this guy comes, and he wants the formula, and then he kills the guy, and it's very interesting. And there's a blow-up between him and Vicky, uh, and it seems that the poison is making him crazy. So I think there's one more part left, so I'll finish it and let you guys know what I think, but... There's just these, there's just great moments of how they show invisibility when it's not really there. So, all right, I'm gonna finish it up and I'll let you guys know. I'm gonna use your little Peter David thing as a segue. You know what I read over the weekend? Aquaman. No, Incredible Hulk, 207 to 229. No kidding. In a beautiful. Oh, you got your body back. Yeah, yeah. Nice. Did they do a nice job? Oh man. It's it's beautiful. It's it really is beautiful. You it's lose. It's good oh, 
you know, I, I can't speak highly enough for the for the the craftsmanship of library binding. You huh? do be, those who are thinking about binding their books be be wary. You lose about an eighth of an inch on the staple side. Right. Yeah. Because obviously they have to sew these things together, so it, it's it's almost negligible. You can't real. The only place you can detect it is on the covers. Because it kind of cuts the price, the the first number of the okay. price a little so visually bit. Your eyes are drawn to it. To yeah, but other than that, I mean, they they trim all the pages so they're nice and squared off, and oh, it, it is so nice to be able to sit down with one book, read twenty five plus issues straight. Not only the comics, but the the thing I like about it is mm-hmm. y- you also get every bullpen bulletins page, Sweet. which yeah, exactly. w- which I adore because it's not only the Carnival Barker stand pushing the the latest and greatest Marvel titles. You also get an insight into the creative personalities in the Marvel universe. Like they'll say, "Congratulations to Marv Wolfman who had a a baby girl," or you know, like little things like that that you don't really get anywhere else there's there's talks about this inter publisher softball league that they had in the in the 70s where um, Marvel would play DC and awesome. they said and we played another team whose uh, name can't be reproduced in, in kid friendly comics and I'm assuming that it was the screw Goldstein's okay. Uh, okay. people yep. and um, you know and they talk about John Romita Jr and this is 1977. Nice. He he's like Methuselah. The guy's been around forever. And, he has and he, been, right? Yeah. He looks so young, but you're so young. But uh, um, the the majority of these issues were written by Len Wein. Yay! The um the last couple were written by Roger Stern. No slouch himself. You know, it's a not a, a fairly deep time in, in the Hulk's career. It does start out that way because. The first issue, he's still kind of broken up over losing Jarella. Are uh-huh. you familiar with uh-huh. Jarella? Oh, yeah, of course. That's basically the Hulk's Gwen. I, I, I swear, every great Marvel hero has a Gwen. With the Hulk, it's Jarella and, and Kyra from Planet Hulk. I was going to say, I, I, I think, yeah. Yeah, you're right. Both well, he has, he has a number like of Gwens, but yeah. I mean, even Cap has a Gwen. Bring I mean, he wasn't, he wasn't romantically attached to Bucky, but. You know, he he, he uh, emotional, emotionally distraught after Bucky quote died. Peter has a Gwen. Who, who doesn't have a Gwen? Tony. Tony Stark doesn't have a Gwen. No. And Gwen is basically Stanley's wife. So I mean, Daredevil has a shitload of Gwens. Yeah. There's a yeah, there's a Gwen under around every corner for 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 Murdoch. But anyway, Jerry Conway I'm, doesn't I'm, have a Gwen. I'm I'm getting distracted. Uh, Betty's marriage is on the rocks. She was married to Major Talbot for a while. Yep. The, the marriage is on the rocks, and the Hulk is just traveling from place to place. He, he, Bruce, and and they they make special note to call him Robert Bruce Banner. He's never referred to as Bruce Banner in these issues. It's Robert Bruce Banner. Uh, he moves into a Manhattan apartment, and we're introduced to April Summers, and Jim Wilson is trying to get him. You remember Jim Wilson? See, this is this is going back a, a, a yep. ways. Ni- this is nineteen seventy. What happened to Jim Wilson? Yeah, well, That's sad. Yeah, don't spoil it. But um, so Jim's trying to find the Hulk, and he's hitching rides across the country. You have a mysterious dude that just happens to wander on a gamma base in the New Mexico desert. Sets up a, a long, long running plot thread. Uh, with, with that unknown dude, the villains are the Constrictor. The Bi Beast shows up. A ringmaster, the Rhino. Doc Sampson takes on the Rhino alone. 
and through his uh, his wits manages to beat him. But uh, Carla Solfin's in here. I think it's the first appearance of Moonstone. Well, the Carla Solfin Moonstone, anyway. Uh-huh. Uh, Absorbing Man shows up. Who's an absolute elite. whore these days, by the way. Oh, my God, yeah. Carla Solfin's in Dark X-Men that came out today. She's Brief- everywhere right now, but I mean, she's banging the head. Yeah. She's systematically banging every member of the Dark Avengers. It's kind of weird. Well, but- she she's under Osborn again, literally under Osborn, probably. But uh, yeah. just a, a brief aside, for a book called Dark X-Men, there was a lot of levity in it. It was not what I expected. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, so you just have the Hulk facing villain after villain. Uh, it's good old-fashioned comics, but uh, I have to say for how strong the stories are, there is somebody that worked on these books that does not get enough credit, and we should raise a glass really, really high for a man that I think is probably one of the finest comic creators ever, and that's Sal Basima. Oh hell yeah! You, you know, you, absolutely. A, a lot of times, I of when I think of Hulk, he yeah, well, that's well. When I think of Sal, I was. I'd say it the other way. When I think of Sal, that I think Hulk is sort of his. Yes. that's the thing I think of first. But yeah. Ten years he worked on the book. Ten yeah. years. And, mm-hmm. you know, today you hear of a guy, oh, yeah, they've been on that book for a long time. For what, eight issues? issues? Uh-huh. Yeah, eight, ten issues. Sal worked on The Incredible Hulk for ten years. And that wasn't the only thing he did. He was well, drawing Rom yeah, at the same exactly. time. He, he did, uh, what, a hundred issues of Spectacular Spider-Man? At least a yeah. hundred issues. And and never was there a, per, a perceptible lack of quality. I mean, he was his his panel layouts are beautiful, kinetic. Overshadowed by his his brother, but, uh, but I but don't think so. I mean, no, no, no. I'm saying, yeah, may, I'm saying he, right, he's maybe in the, in the annals of history it, by his brother, right, but I think it's right. probably a little unfair. Yeah. What kind of super sperm was Papa Basima shooting to produce <laughs> two of know, the right. greatest comic artists of all time? Yeah, just and reading this stuff just brings me back. The, no amount of money can ever uh, approximate the enjoyment I get from this from these That's books. That's awesome. So let me ask you: um, safe to say, more exciting to get your library bonding box than it was to get your DCBS order? You know, it's it's almost like the DCBS order is now a prequel to the eventual uh-huh. library binding box because I'm going to bind everything. Okay. That, that that's the name of the game with me anymore. Just just uh, get them all bound and read. If I had a preference, I would read twenty five issues straight in a row like this. It's just it it's more conducive to the the big picture. Sure. You, you get you get complete stories in the way it was intended to be read. Yeah, done in ones are great, but when you have a story that goes over the course of six or eight issues, you can really appreciate it more when it's. You, you digest it all in one chunk. Mm-hmm. In my opinion, your mileage may vary. And these issues are hokey as hell. I love narr- narrative boxes. Yeah, you're telling me something I'm looking at already. You know, the Hulk mm-hmm. hits a brick wall and bruises his his uh, elbow. I'm looking at it. And you're telling me, but I just love because after a while, you can almost feel the writer exasperated. Like I've written this caption. How many different times can I say yeah. this? And he's trying to get creative with the text. And the the better ones like Len Wein and Jerry Conway, they did. They would find different ways to say the same thing or the the, the things they've said over and over and over. Just stating the obvious came became an art form to these dudes. It's it's one of the the things I love most about life is reading these old comics. That's awesome. I, you should uh, yeah. take some pictures and post them in the uh, 
yes, in the form of the, of the of the bound editions, you know. Just yeah, I'm going to. I I just didn't want to take a picture of the first three because they're all hulks. They're all okay. they all look the same. That's a you know I got a bound in green with uh-huh. gold lettering. It's uh, no frills, like I said. Uh-huh. Amazing, amazing work. They have my business until all my books are bound. Which, considering the rate at which we buy these things, that's never going to happen. Yeah, for know? sure, for sure. So yeah, and it, it's Sweet. weird. Binding the books has made me a back issue buyer. I was never yeah, a back yeah. issue buyer. Yeah. And now I'm trying to find, you know, the, these little elusive issues to fill up goofy little runs like Images Weapon Zero. Why Hilarious. would I want, you know, but I, I need the whole story because I'm going to buy that. it. Dude, speaking of that, which, uh, which cover of Image United number three did you order? <laughs> oh, come on. You know already which one I ordered. Savage Dragon. You betcha. Can you guess what I ordered? You ordered the um, Liefeld issue. But who who's the, who? What's the cover though? Oh, he has more than one. No, but what's yeah. the character? Um, I don't remember. I think it's um the Archer. Shaft. Who's the Archer? Nope. Shaft. I wouldn't have ordered those. I w- Bad Rock baby. Oh, okay, Bad yeah, Rock. Bad. But is, is he the is he the prominent character on that cover? Because I think they they yeah, described the, the issue. Cover. Oh, cool. Yeah, at least that's how that's it was written up in, DC, in the DCBS order form. It had the listed by characters rather than creators, and it was the uh, the Bad Rock cover. And I said, that's my shit right there. Yeah. So what I'm going to be doing probably from now until whenever is uh, I'll read the new issues, but every episode I'm going to try and have a little overview of a, a bound volume because that's what I enjoy the most. I, li- I like reading them in shows. That's your shit. I'm not going to go on and on and on about it, at least in terms of my definition of on I know I know that that varies but uh yeah it's just uh, like I have the shipments coming with Jonah Hex 1 to 25 uh tomorrow I'm sending down Archer and Armstrong 1 to oh, 26 nice. I have a yeah. for that that's great I sent down Astro City. I, I just I can't wait to relive these comics. But you're doing world. it all no frills, right? Like you're not putting tables yeah, and contents no, or anything. No, 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 no. And uh, yeah, that's right. Are there you, you doing go, any, David. any imprints? Any any uh, no. any die marks? Anything like that? Nope. Frivolous to me. I, I don't need it. Okay. These, these these books are being produced for me. I already know what's in them just by the spine. You know, if it says Incredible Hulk, 2-0, whatever it is, to 2-30, I know what's in there. You know, whatever. I, I don't need the bells and whistles. Yeah, whatever works, man. That's great. With the shipping, it costs enough per volume, you know, without all the bells and whistles. Uh-huh. Because, you know, they charge 15 bucks a, a, a volume, which is really cheap. Yeah. For, for the for the amount of work they do on these things, yeah. but when you factor in shipping them down and the UPS coming back, it averages about twenty two dollars a volume. Yeah, yeah, that that's without all the stuff on it. So yeah, I don't want to get into that. But yeah, the the service they provide, and I am not being paid by LBC. They are not a sponsor. <laughs> you know, I, I want to. We have to make that clear because it really sounds like my hand is in their pocket. But it's uh, they just provide a service that I can't imagine not using now. Well, so that's great. Go. Yep, awesome sauce. I'm excited to try it myself. I just, uh, like you said, there, it's a little dangerous because being a it collector, um, like you and so many others, we're all can get obsessive compulsive, and yeah. I can already see you're starting to get like that. And I, 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 the mind starts racing at all the things you can get bound, how you bind them, what do you want to bind them, and and like you said, it then you start thinking about, oh, I have to pick up these back issues <laughs> to fill in the blanks, and I can just see it getting really, really expensive very quickly if I. You if know, I it's funny too. you should mention that. Because uh, one of the sets I'm sending down is Death Watch 2000. Okay. <laughs> Have you ever seen the covers on Death Watch 2000? Are they going to be able to destroy the Tyvek cover? 
No, I see. I asked him that. I said, uh, James Jasek. I said, you know, these continuity books are supposedly covered in indestructible Tyvek. He goes, we can cut it. Don't worry about it. We can cut it. <laughs> he said, you nice. can't ri- you can't rip Tyvek, but you can cut it Be- because when the when the blade comes down to square off the the edges, it doesn't uh-huh. come down all at once. It comes down. It'll hit the corner first, and then it comes down at an angle. So it, it's it. a it's an in- incremental cut. It's not like a trying to rip a phone book, uh-huh. you know. So yeah, he said we can cut it. But anyway, on Death Watch two thousand, you have your Tyvek covers. There are some that are die cut to the uh, ridiculous. I don't know how they ever were able to afford it. There's one issue that is die cut to the point where the 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 cuts are so they're almost like pinholes on the cover. It's mm-hmm. crazy. There's an issue that doesn't fold out horizontally. It folds out twice vertically. Like there's a, a top flap and a bottom flap. How the hell are they uh-huh. going to bind that, you know? And, and I'm trying to head off any problems I have at the past by trimming the fold-ins a little bit, like about an eighth of an inch, just so they don't have to do it. There, there's one issue that folds out like five times. The, the last panel of the story folds out five times. It's going to be a nightmare for them, but I mean, this is going to be the test, really. Well, there you go. How many people can say that they have a a run of Death Watch 2000, the story that was never friggin' finished, <laughs> all bound? And you, you can just sit down and, and read yeah, the incomplete that, story say, every time. <laughs> I'd say none right now, and, and in a couple of weeks, one. Oh, those, one will be able to those continuity, you know, story uh, and dialogue notwithstanding, those continuity books are gorgeous. There's not a bad-looking one in the bunch. They, they are all just eye candy. Unbelievable. Neil Adams? And then Neil Adams is at work in almost every one of the artists, because they were all continu- continuity sure, studios sure. artists. Right. You can you can see his guiding hand. Even the, the, the dudes like, uh, well, I don't want to name any names, but the ones that were not at the peak of their powers back then, it's very hard to tell because you can see Neil Young's, Neil Young, yeah. Neil Adams, Neil Adams's guiding influence in, yeah. in their hand. It's yeah. gorgeous freaking stuff. Megalith. It's yeah. of, uh, That's the issue that folds out. Megalith. It, it see, folds out top you, and bottom. You are. Uh, speaking of Continuity Studios, I found out about a week or so ago, they are responsible for bringing the Astonishing X-Men comic book to life in the emotion comic. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. You got to be kidding me! Nope, that's all Neil and Company. Yep, I had no idea. Yeah, yes, sir. How did that come about? Do you know, or is it that's just what it's, he does? Uh, I believe actually, I part of the interview is on uh, is in the forum about the thread about the astonishing X Men comic. Oh, cool! It's, uh, I think he might have gone to Marvel. I, I, I'm not sure if he went to Marvel talking about it or if, because he was talking about how um, how Cassidy's work is pretty much it's kind of a joy to work with as far as you know turning that into a motion comic and and there's a sneak peek of uh of the second episode that went live today i think on itunes and you know and, and of course he's got emma talking so her lips are moving and she's blinking her eyes and wow. her eyes and so you know they have to modify cassidy's artwork and it, it it he i believe continuity also went to dc asking if um you know about books for them to make into motion comics, and I think DC might want him to do. I don't know if they want to do any motion comics, but I think this opened things up for him to do a um, a Batman story, uh, which may become a motion comic. So he's got some work going on with DC, and there may they may be re um, repackaging, maybe recoloring, maybe uh, putting his older work out in collections like Superman versus Muhammad Ali. 
things like that. That's awesome. Yeah, I um I saw that when they um they had that Marvel uh the the Marvel Fest. Yeah, the Marvel Fest. Yeah. There was all kinds of coverage about that, and I was fascinated too. I didn't know it until then, so I don't want to come off sounding like, oh, of course. But I, I, so it was only a couple of weeks ago that I learned it too. But it, it was, yeah, it's fascinating, right? That that uh, of all people, Neil Adams would, would be involved in that. It wouldn't be something you. I mean, he's, and and he's he's uh, one of the reasons why we still have an X Men comic because that yeah. was that that was being reprinted bi monthly, and and they were doing nothing with it, and so he and uh, was it Roy Thomas. And uh, and yeah yeah it was Roy Thomas because I think there were there were things that um, Neil will say that that Roy is a constant professional and how things uh, things get hazy over the years and one may take credit over something that the other did but he has some problems working with Roy and uh, and they let them Marvel let Roy and, and Neil do things that I guess they weren't expecting to do because well, who the hell was reading X Men at the time yeah and uh, and I guess that brought us havoc and. Uh, I, I feel like, um, I mean, I could be totally talking to my ass here because I'm trying to, what I'm about to say is making a, a supposition about a generation that none of us are a part of. But I, I get the sense from our community and other f- comics-related forums and all the other podcasts and stuff that I listen to, I often get the sense that of all the creators that are out there, that Neil Adams, as hard as it may be to believe, I honestly think he is underappreciated by the generation below us uh, for how important he is. Because I don't think that people realize, because he isn't making on the regular comics today, I don't think people realize just how massively influential he is to almost every artist that is our contemporary working today i mean it's it's hard to find many artists that are our age or younger that don't cite him as a major influence on their work you know what i mean but i don't feel like he gets talked about as much as he probably deserves to because by other gets... by artists he does you know what i mean like like artists often praise him like if you're like well who are your inspirations i think you it's pretty typical for them to say Neil Adams. but i don't hear many fans all, at least it doesn't seem to me. And again, I could be just be the way I'm. I'm interpreting things. It could be totally off base. I just don't. I often feel like he doesn't get his due from fandom. But I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. What do you think? Whenever he's brought up, you know, people will talk about Batman or Green Lantern or Green Arrow, and mm-hmm. and or, or or you know the the couple of chapters he did with the Kree Scroll War. Like, like he's had a hand in some pretty big things, but it always ends up getting overshadowed by. His crazy science talk, or yeah, yeah. Or, or or just you know, and, and his, 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 I guess his ref for being a bit of a curmudgeon at cons and stuff. And I mean, I know he said that. I think that probably works against him these days. But I mean, it, it's it's because of him. We, we we get to know every time we see Superman that he's created by Jerry Siegel and Joe Schuster. It, yep. It's yep. You know, I mean, yeah, he's he's you know, yeah, Superman versus Muhammad Ali, and and. Yeah, maybe Continuity Studios didn't finish everything that they did, but uh-huh. I enjoyed the hell out of those issues of Megalith and the Revengers and Armor and Crazy Man and 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 everything that I bought at the corner drugstore that had the Continuity Studios logo on it. I, you know, I mean, I recognized the art. It was Neil Adams and and sure. dude, I'm binding those. I can't. I I I, don't I, doubt I, need, it. I need to see that. When when you are done reading them, you have to send them to me. I got to read them again. I I received an order from my comic shop. Oh, okay, cool. I have the complete continuity. I have everything. Oh, everything awesome! Did. Yeah, everything. Okay. No. Did you say Valeria and Spawn? Yeah. That was never published. I know. Uh-huh. That's awesome, dude. Yep. Yeah. Like powers, I admit to not giving the uh, 
the man his due. I, I, oh, like Stanley. Way back in the day, I'm just going to ignore that. Way back in the day when Neil produced the Man Thing cover for Monsters Unleashed, oh, I loved it. But then I saw the the Green Lantern, Green Arrow. I was like, yeah, it was it was a little bit too real to me. It wasn't Kirby. Uh-huh. Let's just put it that true, way. True. It was it wasn't Jack. But over the years, and I completely ignored continuity when they when they started. I, I, I wanted nothing to do with them. I was a hardcore Marvel zombie. Completely passed them over. Now I look back at Neil Adams' work. The man is a phenomenon. Yeah. He's, he's a monster. I mean, I have all those old X-Men issues, and I enjoyed them all right back in the day, but I look at them now as revolutionary as Steranko in, in terms of, of layout and design and just every aspect of the comic book production. Neil had sure. a lockdown on it. I mean, it's just beautiful stuff. Yeah. And and now I, I rank him up there in, you know, at least top five. The guy is a, oh, I th- I a think so. monster. That's, that's kind of what I was getting at is that I think he, and I think, most of our artist friends would be, if they're listening, would say, hell, of course. Yeah. But I don't think many fans would say that. I don't Well, know. that's because he's been virtually invisible for the past yeah. Yeah, 10, 15 years. Yeah. I mean, that, that one giant size X-Men not too long ago, which yeah. they should have not published it at all, I think, yeah. because yeah. it was no, really no, no. bad. Right. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if it was the color or the just shitty reproduction, but it was not very flattering. I, I yeah. do agree with uh, with Andy Parks when he says that uh, we have one of, uh, I think there were maybe three volumes altogether, but we have one of the um, the Neil Adams collected Batman uh-huh. works. Uh-huh. And, and, uh-huh. Uh, and for whatever reason, just like, uh, just like there was another... Well, he oh, took he took Batman out of the TV show. He made Batman grow up, really. Yeah, well, him and Denny O'Neill, yeah, they, yeah. They, they they made him the the Dark Knight detective again. But Neil has a tendency to want to redraw, and and there were there were pages where I guess he wanted to either redo Batman's cowl or Superman's head, and and so they're redrawn, and I I think they kind of stand out, kind of like a sore thumb. And he's also you know recolored artwork that you know to to his specs and and i mean and that's at, at that point it's you're not really there's the argument where okay so so you're not now you're just i guess you're looking at it with, with i guess an experienced eye now so instead of uh archiving it or or collecting it for posterity for for you know how it looked back then or just keeping it intact net net uh-huh. changing it and, and things like that so and I, I i agree with andy's stance on uh and i and and i only mentioned it because he, he's mentioned specifically about Neil Adams in the past, where um, you know, just just leave it alone. It looked great back then. The Rachel Ghoul and that and that cover, where he's kneeling, that where Batman is kneeling down over Robin's lifeless body, and he's like screaming up to the heavens. I mean, every there are covers or or, or, or Ant Man coming out of the Vision's body. It, there oh, are yeah. just scenes yeah. that Neil Adams has drawn that have just oh, stuck well, with you. Years. Just how about and, Superman? Oh, with the green kryptonite chain breaking well, across his Yeah, chest. but to draw something for an audience who were perfectly comfortable with the Kurt Swan version of Superman, right. and, and then to produce something that was so diametrically opposed to the Kurt Swan vision of Superman, oh my God, what what a jolt that cover was. Mm-hmm. It, it was real. It was electric, and not, you know, not only because of the the kryptonite change, but just a, a totally different view on, on yeah. producing comic books. And at the very least, we wouldn't have a Sienkiewicz without a, a Neil Adams. That's, that's true. Thing. I, that, that's what I'm saying about, about his, his, he's one of those guys that are other artists, you know, talk about reading his comics and it just waking up something inside of them saying, yep. 
of this is the kind of work that I want to draw in comics. You know, I didn't know comics could look like this. And, and yeah, that's, right. uh, I don't, I think that's a very short list of people that were, you know, and it's sort of a generational thing. So, uh, yeah, I just, I think it's, it's high time he gets some props. So oh, yeah. maybe this, uh, motion comic one, like you said, David, in the, any, you know, Batman work will, will kind of get him back into the spotlight that he definitely, uh, very richly deserves. And his, his views on, uh, science aren't that nutty. No, when you, no, I mean, not in comparison to some others out there, no. Yeah. He's no Richard Hoagland. <laughs> That's just an inside joke. Uh-huh. What's up, 11 o'clockers? <clears throat> it's Haas. Sorry. I'm just getting over cold. Um, I've been thinking, and I decided that um, it's not right that I own the term 11 o'clockers. So um, it's free for everyone to use. Yeah, it is. Everyone use it. Roll around it. Bathe yourself in it. 11 o'clockers, it's free for everyone to use, and uh, have fun. Enjoy it. It's my gift from me to the world. I really hope you guys enjoy it. I'm about to tear up. Wood, Vince, I hope to see you guys at the uh, Wild Pig Sale. I'll be there, and um, maybe I should wear something to stick out. But I don't know. I'm still thinking about that. Anyway, guys, I enjoy the show, and... I will call again. Happy Halloween. Chris Neesman, you're a funny drunk dude, and I like you, even though I give you shit. All right, guys. This is Haas. I'm out. Peace. All right, Woody. We have a little bit of time. We, I mean, we're, we're over time as it is now, but if you want to talk about something, you just go right ahead. All right, I'll try and uh, I'll try and, and be brief. But uh, I've been meaning to talk about this for weeks now, and... Uh, and I, I have to get, get it out here now while it's, it, I've been bringing it down to where I record every episode for like five weeks now. And I keep saying, I'll talk about it. And we never get around to it. So I got to give some love because it deserves a hell of a lot of love, especially with the 11 o'clockers ballot starting to fill up as the next com- couple weeks for three story, the secret history of the giant man by Matt Kent. It is a ridiculously good graphic novel. And as of right now, having read this, the Nobody, Parker, Asterios Polyp, and bunches of others. As of right now, as I sit here today, this would be my pick for a graphic No. Yes. Over Asterios Polyp? Yes. Man, that is high praise. I got to yes. read wow. this now. Yes. Yeah. I don't know if, if people are not familiar with Matt Kent's other work. Um, this is actually, this is from, yeah, Super Spy exactly would be, uh, uh, two sisters and a couple of things. The one thing that's interesting about this is this is not a top shelf book. Um, this is actually a Dark Horse book and it's uh, part of a newish imprint for them called Dark Horse Originals, Great Creators Original Visions. So it's, um, I don't, it's, uh, they're going to be, I think, doing more of these. And if, if they can maintain the quality of this book, then, then it's going to be a heck of a impressive, uh, imprint. But, um, Kent, uh, is, you know, he's, he's another in the, um, you know, he's a artist creator. He writes, he writes and draws the book. So the book is his from start to finish. He letters it. Um, this is a story of a guy named Craig Pressgang, who, um, as you might guess from the title, um, is really tall. And throughout the book, we where it chronicles his life. He he never stops growing, um, and he literally uh, ke- keeps growing, um, and even gets taller than three stories. But uh, but it's a story of 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 this guy and uh, his his very uh, unique life, as you might expect with someone of that 
of that uh, circumstance. But what's fascinating about it is 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 um, you know Kent's stories are all, I, this super spy two sisters they're all the same in that he he's so good at layering. Um, you know, on the surface, yes, the story is called three story because it's about a tall guy, but the the story is 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 also three story because it's basically it's it's uh three chapters of of his story t- as told by the three most significant women in his life the first chapter is about his youth as told through the eyes of his mother the middle chapter is the story of much of his um you know adult life if you will uh as told through the eyes of his wife and then as you might expect the the final chapter um which chronicles his later years and 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 uh, uh, and what happens after he's gone um, is told through the eyes of his daughter, uh, and it's um, it, it's just a stunningly human work. Uh, you know, I don't know where Kent gets it from. You know, what his life experiences is. I, I did meet him at Windy City and talk to him. He's a super nice guy, but I don't know much about him personally. Like, I don't know his background or you know what drives him to tell these stories, but. Oh my God! I mean, for, the story—it's just the book is is astoundingly good. I mean, um, you would think to yourself, well, well, can you really relate to a, a, a you know a, a fifty-foot guy? But he can't find a way to make you not only relate to him but feel like it could be you. I mean, it's it's in a lot of ways you know that he's in a lot of ways he uses the allegory of this guy being huge and awkward and inaccessible just as as a as a metatextual way of expressing you know what we've all felt at times as loners or as people who don't quite fit in or that kind of thing um and uh, and on top of of just telling a great story that that that's got you know three really um different uh you know layers to it because the the women are all very different his mother's very bitter um, his wife is loving, but also calculating, and, and she doesn't really love him at first, but she grows to love him, but she's very self-motivated, and then, you know, then comes his daughter, who's very nostalgic for him and, and loves him to no end, but I think loves him in a overly romanticized way, and in other words, she's, she's viewing him in a way that he probably wasn't, you know, which I think we, a lot of us do with our, with our parents, especially after they're gone, um, but, the book, I mean, Vince, you gotta see this book artistically. I mean, it oh, is I, insane. yeah, I looked through it already. It's, oh it's my beautiful. god! I mean, he has. I, I mean, first of all, this is uh, most his his other works have been more monochromatic. Like Super Spy is 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 told as a flashback book, um, and it, it's it's in color, but it's mostly beiges and and you know grays. It's not fully colored. This is a fully colored book. And while certainly his his style is consistent to his older work, he he does so much more in the in this book. I mean, there are there are there are, you know just pa- you'll be flipping through the book, and then there are pages that are um, you know pop art deco you know advertisements that would have been in like a fifties magazine, right? And and, and you know he, it's all his creation, but it looks nothing like his other stuff. Then there's like a a scene where a, a little boy is trying to tell a story, so it looks like you know a six year old would have drawn it. And then there's you know, there's press clippings that he he hand drew, but they look like you know they're from a newspaper or a dossier from a from you know a CIA document or um, you know or an X-ray, and it's like a fully drawn you know um, almost like you think it's straight out of a, a medical journal you know uh, medical uh, you know X-ray, and then there's there's a, a two-page spread of of the house that they build for him because he's so large they have to custom build his house, and uh, it's you know this intensely detailed blueprint. It's just 
it, it astounds me that he was able to do all this, that one man was able to do all this. Um, but the thing is, is through all of the gimmicks and the different art styles and the, uh, and the, the storytelling, uh, modes, it's just this beautiful story. I mean, it really, you, you I, I love this guy. I, I mean, I, I felt so much for this guy. Um, as you read his story, you feel just moments of pure joy for him. You feel moments of heartbreak. Um, you feel sadness. Uh, it's, it's, it's just, uh, Matt Kinn is the bee's knees as far as I'm concerned. I mean, I, wow. I, um, uh, you're all fired I gotta, up. I am, man. I gotta tell you, I'm, it, this book deserves mad kudos. I mean, um, I, I, uh, like I said, this is going to go down as a year, um, like few others in terms of, of graphic novels, uh, and OGNs. I mean, there's been some great ones that in most years would be the hands down picks. Um, and I can't say, you know, again, as, as of today, this is my choice, but this should be, I'd be shocked if, if, as you guys read this, this isn't at least right up there with the stereos and the nobody and Parker. I mean, it's, it's, it's as good, if not better than, than those books. Um, you throw it down the gauntlet, you know that, don't you? I, I do it, it, dude, it's, it's, this is a book. Okay. I'll throw it. If you guys read this and you don't love it, I'll, I'll be like shocked and disappointed. You that see I, that on uh, the shelf Saturday, grab it. And yeah, it's, it's, it's mine. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's funny you say that because I actually bought Super Spy on uh, Charlito from Mindy Spinnerack's recommendation. He and I were at the Wild Pig a couple years ago, just standing around talking, and we were next to the Wild Pig's indie trade section. They have like a couple rows of indie trades. And he was just leafing through stuff as we were standing there, and he pulled out Super Spy, and he said, have you, have you read this? And I, I said, no, I don't know anything about it. And he, he was like, dude, this is a first printing of Super Spy. It's awesome. It's one of my favorite books, you know, this year. You give it a try. And, uh, you know, Charlie and, and, and Mr. Phil know their shit when it comes to uh, indie books, obviously. I uh, just brought it home on his recommendation, knowing nothing about it, read it, and adored it. And um, what's even cool about this is you would think that this book has absolutely nothing in common with the Super Spy characters, which were, you know, uh, took place over, you know, like a 10, 15-year period during the Cold War. But Kint actually ties this book and Craig Pressgang into Super Spy. Nice. Uh, and during part of his, his life. So it's fantastic. Like, it's just one of those... It be this, is the, this book is effectively like what Forrest Gump should have been if it was a good movie. Wow! Like, like like you're you're seeing the life of a really fascinating person who has a really fascinating life, Um, but at the end of the day, that doesn't that their fascinating life doesn't mean that they're any happier or more fulfilled or have an easier time than any average person would. So, mad mad props for this book. You 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 got it. Yes, look at that. All right, I'll get it. Definitely, I I take your word. Yeah. Well, yeah. You got it. You got to read it. It's awesome, and it's a beautiful book too, production-wise. Oh yeah, like it's got this die-cut cover where you you're looking. At, he's like you see this giant eye staring into a you know a room, and then you open it up, and it's him. And uh, and I got to say, I'm I'm happy to say that my copy has a uh, uh, signed by Kent with a with a little sketch of Craig Pressgang in the uh, front oh, cover. Oh, look too. at you, so, Mr. Big yeah. Balls. Pretty good. Yeah. Pretty good. Yeah. 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 So, mad love, mad love for three stars. All right. Um, see, if I was that tall, I'd be using it just to get my rocks off. I've been looking in all the women's windows, and yeah. I wouldn't He's in it. it. He's a little pervy. He's a little pervy. I'm Never. there. All right. Yeah. I'm already He gets in where he fits in, and then, unfortunately, he stops being able to fit in. I'm yeah. serious. Yeah, really. All, all the caves... All the caves in the area are very sticky for some reason. Well, What's up with yeah, this? Yeah, when, when, his, when his wife meets him there in college and he's like eight feet tall, you know what I mean? Because it's, it's – um, and so they, they're together and, and they're romantic. And then by the time 
their their stories part ways. I mean, he's. Uh, I mean, I don't know that they give his dimensions, but I'm guessing he's literally forty feet tall by then. Wow! So. You can probably get three story from our sponsor, Discount okay. Comic. Yeah, Discount Comic Book Service, DCBService.com, who is also a partner to InStockTrades.com, which probably we more likely you'll get it there. But anyway. DCBService.com, excellent discounts, fast service, great packing, right to your door, big smiles, can't go wrong. That's the ultimate promo right there. No lie. Ultimate. Ultimate. The ultimate. And, and while you're running around, you know, trying to find uh, good comics, read Proof, because it's going to be ending soon, and it's going to be restarted into the Hellboy formula. So you want to be fresh and you want to be up to speed, read Proof. Whether in trade or in single issues. Get it. Oh, yeah. That's right. And if you are done with proof and are looking for something else to read, please, please read Rebels, because not enough of you are. <laughs> and read and, Sword, too, so they both don't go away. Yeah, and, and, and actually, for those of you that may be reading Rebels on our recommendation, do yourselves a favor and don't make the mistake I did. Actually, do buy the Rebels annual that was out, because I didn't <laughs> pre-order that, because I thought, well, an annual's probably just going to gouge me for an extra couple of bucks I don't need to buy. But I uh, actually did pick it up, and it was bad ass. I paid uh, full cover price at Midtown for it, but uh, but it's worth picking up. If, you, uh, if you've been digging the Star of the Conqueror arc, this uh, gives you the origin of the Star that we're seeing in this book, and it's uh, it's like a 50-page comic, and it's dope. dope. It's a straight it's, poop. It's the fire. Straight poop. Well, I mentioned Spider-Woman. I'd say read that, but you know what? Hopefully, maybe... When Vince reads it, we'll talk about it. Read uh, read War Machine. Oh, I got it. Yeah, I read the first trade. Oh, I have that right there. Well, I'm looking at it right now. War Machine. Well, then read over it. there. We'll talk about it next week. Okay. All right. That's good. I, I, I'm, I've read that as well. Yeah. Nice. Roadie. Well, Go Roadie. Nice. Yeah. Don, Don Cheadle. Oh, and, uh, and, and if any of y'all are, uh, if any of y'all feel like seeing um, one half of our. Uh, wonderful quartet this weekend. Uh, as Vince alluded, we, Vince and I, and and many others will uh, will be at the Wild Pig Sale on Saturday afternoon. So right. if you're in the tri-state area and feel like uh, saying hello to us, uh, you'll know where to find us. Big bada boom, big, big bada boom, big bada boom. Yeah, chick on. Right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> say. Multipass. Uh, say. <laughs> you guys want to say? What, what, what would Chris tell us to read? The crochet. What, what, what would, uh... Chris would say... <laughs> read... Oh, no. Chris would say read Stumptown, for sure. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. And New Mutants. Because it's getting hot. <laughs> it's getting hot. Well, did you see uh, uh, Ben Templesmith and I were tweeting about uh, Baldus? No. Yeah? Yes. Cool. He didn't agree with me that it looked like him, though. <laughs> well, I, 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 yeah, I, I agree him. with him on that one. Yeah, I thought the I thought the characters looked a lot like his characters from Fell, but maybe in maybe in spirit, but not so much yeah. next. Well, no, I said to him, I thought that Baldus was was more than likely probably inspired by him yeah. from what I could tell, but he wasn't familiar. So I sent him a link, and then he wrote me back saying, "Uh, yeah, I don't think he looks anything like me, but I I do like his stuff, and uh, you know, I appreciate you pointing it out." So, you know, yeah, but that was only a momentary blip in the New Mutants. Run. It's only one yeah. issue. He wasn't on the the next one, so. Oh, he wasn't. Nope. No, that's it's weird. Back to uh, the OJs, right? Yes. Oh, it is. Wow, that's yeah. quite a departure for one issue. Yeah. Now well, that was a Warlock issue, right? So. You mean you didn't read New Mutant Six, dude? You're kidding Not me. Yet. I didn't Comes, get it. I, I didn't get it yet. Oh, I'm gonna spoil it right now. Here I go. Cipher's <laughs> back, right? 
No, I won't say anything. Yeah, he does. Yeah, flashback. Um, no. Oh, Necrotia, right? It's 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 mutant. It's uh, it's zombie cipher. Not a zombie. No, that's what makes Necrotia different. They're not. Ah, oh, I see. <laughs> they, are, they are not zombies. They're reanimated, which means they're essentially the same people they were before they died. Only they're under Celine's control. Oh, oh Celine. Oh God, Clayton so Crane hot. drawn Celine, oh, Ooh, nice. pointy. Yeah, you could tell. Oh man, the only Ooh. thing better than Celine is Sage. Mm, I don't know about the only thing, but Sage is pretty hot. Oh. Sage is Sage is hot. Oh, girl, dude. Yeah, back with Selma. <sighs> you had to draw. Say bye bye. 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 Sorry for bye. taking so much of your time this week, but we had fun, and we hope you did too. Yeah. Bye. Go have fun. Later. See ya. Kiss your mama. Oh, <laughs> <laughs>